0: Mountain Brothers podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. I just wanted to take a moment of your time to talk to you about one of our sponsors, F&H Contracting and Fence, located in Billings, Montana. If you're looking to spruce up your yard or want a little more privacy for them summer backyard barbecues, or maybe you just need part of your fence repaired. Contact our friends at f and Contracting Fence by texting 406-661-7484. From front yards to farm yards and even chain link to vinyl, they've got you covered. Now back to the action.
1: What is up and welcome back to another episode of the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. It's a Lodge Crew episode. How are we guys?
2: Pretty good. Doing great. Feeling
1: fine. We have uh, two... I'm good. Thank we you. didn't oh, really, thanks, care. Ramsey. <laughs> uh, today we've got two of our, I don't know, probably besides Josh, most returned guys. Or I would say so, yeah, that would be true. Members of the Lodge crew, yeah. We have Christian and Chad back on. We decided to, we have a crazy month in November, right. It's been crazy enough with just the three of us for the last five weeks, but going into this following week, I mean, hunting season's really heated up, especially for like you guys who are now getting into your like long elk hunting trip stuff, you know, and we did a lot of archery hunting, but it was all weekend stuff for you. Now this is like, Mm -hmm. this is hit the grindstone. Like you're almost got to get it done or you're, it's not going to get done at all this year. Theoretically
3: pretty somewhat.
1: So you guys are leaving next week for that. I start guiding with Matt on Thursday and I'm gone for two weeks. Um, It's craziness around here and we're trying to figure out how to navigate around making sure we still put content out. And so we thought while we were still here this week let's have an awesome Logic Crew episode have a couple of our favorite guys on and uh, just have like a I don't know maybe a 90 minute maybe a Two hour pod.
3: We didn't run that by the guest. No, I'm sorry. sorry. We just have a really good bullshit session with the guys. You guys aren't leaving tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a
1: five part. i fucking leaving.
0: There's uh, six hours left on this SD card. So.
1: so, as per usual, it's a little more laid back, a little bit more what is the term they always it's, use? It's just explicit.
3: It's just like a bunch of guys being dudes sitting oh my in a God. studio
1: dudes being dudes
3: drinking a couple couple
2: barleys. That's yeah. why I drove my Subaru here, man. Yeah. You know, he bad, had man. to put that in the podcast.
3: <laughs> he did. He was I think he was like really hurting. <laughs> he's, he's like here, he's
0: thinking this entire home. time he's like how do I put this in the podcast? You know, I'm, Everyone I'm to I was avoid it,
2: but you just threw it right out there.
4: We'll put it in the back of my truck and I'll drive you home
5: <laughs>
2: <afterwards>. <laughs> So yeah, um I guess
1: the the plan of action is have this awesome last hurrah for November. I mean, I guess we have some stuff going at the end of the month. Um, Actually, we have a really cool podcast recording next week. I don't even know why I'm, but it won't be in chronological order. What we're going to do is the lost tapes are being released next week, which are the archery opener podcast from a month and a half ago. Um, It was too good to not post and it's perfect opportunity with us being gone. No one will be, on a computer next week to upload, which is a weird situation. Like, think about, like, as a company, like, we literally just cannot physically do our one job because we'll be doing other jobs and hobbies. That's true.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe in the future we can get one of those little, like, cellular service sticks to put in the laptop so you could do it up there. But
1: I bought a $150 laptop the other day. I know. Best I've decision talked. of my life. That How crazy is that? Seriously. Hundred and fifty dollars.
2: I've been on Wish.com before. They're out there. It was Amazon.
1: Amazon, dude. Wow. And yeah. it's uh brand new. Got six six gigabytes of RAM, which I don't even know what that means, but it sounds cool. It means
0: it means it's a low Shut quality up, computer. Don't.
1: It runs Windows ten, that's all I care about. So I don't know what RAM is. <laughs> is that like a you tell us
0: s- Well like you know what RAM is, just RAM, not it's an animal. Uh, yeah.
1: Ramsey, do you know what RAM is?
3: Sean knows. should she be an RAM expert is. on
0: just that? In a different context,
1: okay. We're getting off. Why tangent. did you just get so? Sick? Besides the point. Oh, uh You. We won't literally be back in this setting for three, two to three weeks. Oh, so
0: I, I got it. And he enunciated every syllable in the literal. I literally. got what
3: RAM is. Yeah. What is it? Random access memory. So what's good? RAM is temporarily memory bank. Where that didn't make sense. Temporary RAM is a temporary. Where your computer stores data it needs to needs to retrieve quickly. I don't know.
4: It, it's for like um, running videos and streaming and stuff like that. It'll it'll run better. It's like
1: process speed, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Terrible. And so it's, you- also, it's also an animal. So you're not yeah, gonna be playing correct. Fortnite on that, but it's never planned on it. Yeah, that's okay. I have a thousand dollar computer in my room, so I think I'm good on that. Oh. Oh. Um. Yeah. Thanks, Ramsey. So, to start things off, actually, we're going to we're gonna stay away from our paperwork real quick. Boys, what have you been up to? What does the things look like since we last talked to you guys?
2: How's grass been, Chad? You know, it's been growing.
1: <laughs> grass does do
2: that. You know, keeps the paycheck rolling. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's been a little slow the last couple of weeks. I imagine. Grass stopped growing and leaves haven't fallen, so... We're just waiting. That also sounds like a country song.
3: <laughs> we'll have one wrote by the
1: end of the night. I think so. Bull Mountain Brothers' first single, EP <laughs> single.
0: <laughs> how's how's the doctor life
4: treating you? Uh, it's busy, but <clears throat> I haven't been able to do any hunting. I've gone down to Sheridan twice because we just bought a house down there, and my dad and uncle have asked me to go out hunting with them twice, but it's always on, like, a Sunday, when it's, which I have to drive back on Sundays, so... I'm looking forward to hopefully getting some hunting in over Thanksgiving and stuff.
0: Oh,
1: hell yeah. I totally forgot about that. You are moving. When does that? When does that finish up?
4: Well, I won't leave Billings till like July, but oh, okay, okay. That, that's when I go
1: Air Force.
3: Nice. What? That brings me
1: okay, Sean, to
3: a question I wanted to ask Christian. I actually haven't looked this up yet. Can you give me like a play-by-play of like? seasons in wyoming like when rifle starts when archery starts how long it is like things like that oh
4: yeah um it's it's pretty similar to here i think it's maybe a week or two behind though so like archery for elk starts mid-september and it ends basically on so opening rifle every year in the bighorns at least is october 15th has been for as long as I can remember, my sister's birthday was on the 15th. So she was always upset that my dad was going up for opening day and was <laughs> never there for her birthday. Uh but and then uh let's see, mule deer is basically that whole entire time and then it flips over and it's whitetail only like through the the beginning of November. Up until Thanksgiving, and then Thanksgiving, it's just doe. After that,
3: so you you can't hunt white tail and mule deer at the same time.
4: That uh, depends on, I guess, the region. Okay, but at least where I hunted, they were separate seasons.
3: So October fifteenth, in why in the areas that you have hunted in Wyoming, is opener for mule deer and elk. I think that's statewide.
0: October yeah, October fifteenth. Yep.
3: And that's that's just opening rifle for mule deer and elk.
4: Yeah, and mule deer and elk are open at the same time for archery too. Okay. I know a lot of guys that go up there and they are up there for elk hunting and they end up seeing a mule deer. Or actually, uh, I just talked to a guy the other day. He was up there, had a mule deer tag and an elk tag, ended up shooting a cat that just happened to run by him. Oh, wow. <laughs> it didn't have hounds or anything on him, but he ended up shooting a mountain lion. While he was up there.
3: Jeez. And so do they do like a like a like a musket season? Like a black powder?
4: Oh God. That's over my head. M- muzzle I, loader. Yeah,
3: that's
1: I mean. that's new for us too. I know,
3: but the thing that I keep seeing, and this must be Idaho then. Because do they do any early season rifle in Wyoming that you know of? Bear. Because I I keep I, it's got to be Idaho then unless it's maybe somewhere just what are you talking one about people specific
1: that are calling in bulls with rifles. Yes,
3: there's a there's a season that it's like an early, it maybe it's like the first week of average elk rut mm. before archery. It's got to be Idaho. Maybe it's, I don't know, but they literally are out there and they're bugling for bulls, but they're shooting them with rifles. Hmm. And I don't. It didn't. It didn't say where this what which state it was, but I mean it. Looked like Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and I—I I mean, I don't. Are you sure
1: you're not seeing on reservations?
3: No, like this is like hunting video.
1: How What's, different are the rules on reservations? You
3: can hunt. Your, you can year hunt round, year round on if you're of your. I'm
4: sure there's a listener somewhere that's gonna call me out and have some corrections to what I said, but I've never heard of an early rifle in Wyoming that I know of. It's got to be Idaho then,
3: because it looked like the terrain they were in was like, like northern Idaho.
1: Uh, Western we'll to, Wyoming. or would we'll have to do some research on that. I know. It was, it was super weird because it's... So do you plan on doing any hunting in Montana this year then? Or?
4: Well, um, I've had some invites, but I'm stuck in the hospital still for two more weeks. So um, like Isaac wanted me to come up and go. He was going to take me up to White Soul for next weekend. Um, but I would only be, I'd be able to get up there maybe Saturday night at 10 p.m. and have Sunday morning to hunt and then have to come back.
1: No, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. That makes uh work makes things tough. Always yeah. has, always will.
4: But life's good. I've been watching a lot of football, some intermittent golfing, just bought a house. So yeah, been doing some cool my stuff. My
1: dad got Sunday ticket this year, is probably the red zone is a thing I've never seen in my entire life, and it, I cannot not watch it every Sunday. It's, it's life changing. It's, it's,
4: it's the best. Does it still have that guy with the massive ears? I, as the announcer though. Yeah.
1: Is that who runs it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah,
3: He's got the freaking Dumbo ears. Oh, man.
4: They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he could probably hear us right
2: now. <laughs> Someone's talking shit about me again. Wait, hold on. What's so special about Red Zone?
1: It's uh, what they do is every time a team is in the Red Zone, oh, they yeah. pull that game up. No and shit. so there could be like four games at once. Okay. So it's like, all, it's like constant action. You get all the garbage you don't want to watch like... Bunch of three and outs or whatever,
2: like down that, you, on you the know, other teams. 25, it's all, and
1: you, yeah. you'd be amazed how much action there really is going on at the same time. There's never usually a lull. I mean, sometimes they'll do like unless it's a Broncos primetime game <laughs> yeah. every week. Yeah, hey, they won this week.
3: No, but I can't believe you didn't know about red zone because I used to talk to you about red zone because that's my dad. That's all my dad does,
1: dude. Ramsey and I poor, we just got to watch. fucking... Regular TV channel TV. I can't find
3: fo- I can't find NFL football anywhere on any platform that I stream. Like
1: you have to get NFL Plus now. So I paid I paid thirty dollars for NFL Plus, and then my dad's like, "Oh yeah, I have NFL I have Sunday Ticket now." I'm like, "What? Thanks, Dad. That
4: shit's expensive." What do you use for your streaming?
3: Hulu, Netflix, Vudu. Hulu's right.
4: I have Hulu TV, Amazon. and I get almost. Is it live? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't have live. Yeah, and so does Amazon Prime. And
4: it I comes with it Thursday. It comes with the NFL you game days. Almost
0: s- like, dude, commercials were like, Hulu has live sports. Yeah, <laughs> you don't remember all that?
3: You know what's really dumb is I remember when, like, oh, this had to. I can't remember how many years ago. It might have been the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. So that was what 2017. Yeah, 16. Mm-hmm. 16. Six, yeah, 16. 17. Um, 16. but uh, I'll
1: bet you. Let's
2: go.
3: Um. It was 2017. 16. I, I think seventeen right was here. the
1: Eagles. Okay,
3: we'll bet. Am um, I wrong
1: there? Eagles Patriots
2: seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Verizon,
3: 17. Verizon had the deal where you could log go onto ESPN and watch NFL for free. Do you remember that?
2: Which one did? Verizon. No. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: Don't remember that. Told you, Sean. The sixteen season is played in seventeen.
1: No, but you would re- you refer to it as a year seventeen? Yes.
3: It was the Super Bowl was in February. We can't we can't
1: argue about football on this podcast right now. It was
2: 2017. It was a 16 season. I know that. Um, but, also,
4: but, I can guarantee your wife probably has Amazon Prime, so you get every Thursday game for free. It's or not free. You pay for it.
1: <laughs> Amazon <laughs> Amazon has uh, the worst football games all of year because Thursday night has sucked all year long.
2: Agree. All right. Anyways, uh, Chad,
1: have you been out doing
2: any hunting? I have done zero hunting. I actually just got invited for it, it's not this weekend, but the next, right? Correct. Going up to White Sulphur. You're
3: not leaving tomorrow
2: night. John. Oh, it's that same weekend. Then. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh shit! It would be tomorrow night, wouldn't it? Yeah. So in a week and a half will be my first time. Do you guys
1: know that Sean's?
0: But we're leaving on,
2: leaving on Wednesday. Night. Wednesday. Not gonna happen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, that's coming up quick. I gotta start getting ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sean's <laughs> got his first antelope this weekend. Sean he did? did. He, he did. I did. He didn't
2: even the call picture. me. What's going on? Congrats, Shawnee. Thank you. Good
1: job. Was it much of a story, or was it like a? Uh,
0: it wasn't a bad. Story. The uh, the stock was impeccable.
3: Oh yeah, and you know it's funny. There was a there was a ton of Ramsey and I bullshitting for about ten minutes before I actually pulled the trigger. Because so this is how it happened. We're at Narnia. We're you're coming. What? We're, we're at Narnia. Narnia. Yeah, okay. it's Narnia, like in, know the, in the wardrobe. Right. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. and. Uh, we're pulling up a road that I don't I mean realistically besides you guys antelope hunting out there I feel like we we I've been down that road like th- three times never really go down that road during during a uh, mule deer or elk rifle season um so we go down that road and we spot I don't know what 40 antelope yeah big big herd big herd on the on the strips and uh we're like well we could try and drive right at them, but there's a – Ramsey goes, well, there's about a 99% chance that that gate to get to them is locked. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll go all the way up, go around, go to the house, drive through there, follow the wheat strips that are – I mean, that field is absolutely massive. Oh, yeah. So we go up, go around, drive in the gate, go – I mean, which we're at the point of that gate, you're probably four, or 500 yards from where they were. So we go all the way down to the end of the strips, come back, ter- take a right, and go all the way back up towards him and stop, I don't know, probably 300 yards from him. Um,
0: well, 300 yards from where we needed to be.
3: Yeah. And uh, Ramsey and I get out, and uh, I think Warren was currently watching The Ranch.
0: On Netflix. On Netflix. Plus At this season. point,
3: um, I don't know that.
0: Season three. That
2: matters. Okay.
3: Um. So we got out and just was went you know, went for the walk and we're like, I mean, this had been probably 15 or 20 minutes since we spotted them. So we're like, they could be another 300 yards from this hill. And, uh, <laughs> we get up and I, it's, we're essentially walking up a hill. So we have covered to a certain extent. And once we get high enough on that hill, top of our heads are showing. So we start kneeling, like kind of ducking down or whatever. And I poke my head up and they're still right there. I'm like, and Ramsey's behind me, doing something with the his the six five you had. You were like he couldn't get the action to go down yeah, on. Yeah, it was pissing me off. So He's sitting there messing with it, and I just turn and I give him one of these. Like, what do you do? What's going? What's going on here, dude? And uh, he figures the shit out. So we we literally army crawled for
0: forty yards. Probably. Yeah,
3: got up to the hill. There was three, four bucks in that group? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: all of the same size?
0: Three of them. Three that were the same size and one bigger one, but he was at like 500 yards. Yeah, he was a little farther away. I uh, looked at them all.
3: There was one bedded down at like 170 yards. Um, He was just literally laying with his like broadside with his back pointing at us, and he was facing the other way. And Ramsey and I just sat there, and I just kept. I had the bipod down, and I was just going through all of them, just checking them. I was just looking at them. I was like, I "Was like, do I shoot this one?" And he's like, "Well, I might shoot the other one." And I was like, "Oh, so we're gonna try and double up here?" It's like, "Let's do this." And so he starts looking. He goes, "Actually, because his six five that he brought didn't have a bipod on it, and we were at a very shitty, shitty spot for somebody without a bipod to shoot." So he's like, "I'm not gonna do it." we sat there and I just was looking at this one that was laying down. And then there was another one that was like his twin doppelganger. I don't know, 25, three yards. It was right. And I'm like, <sighs> I'm kind of thinking about it, I'm like, honestly, truly, I said, you know, he's kind of small is what I said. Not kind of, I said he, he's, he was small. And Ramsey's like, yeah, well, you know, they're going to be dropping their horns, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And so I made the decision. Put it on, uh, put it right on him, smacked him, didn't even get up, laid in his deathbed. That
0: was the story.
1: And now you've shot antelope.
0: Now I've shot an antelope. And then we walked over to it, and Sean grabs the horn and it like slides partway off. I was <laughs> like, yeah, this was the last weekend the hunt antelope. Because
3: <laughs> yeah, I grabbed his horns and spin him over, get ready to gut him, yeah, And I was like, doot, 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 doot. and I was like, yeah, the shells are coming, it's coming quick.
1: What possessed you to go after turkey? This week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your dad. <laughs> so, we're driving a field, and there's always turkeys in this field. And I'm like, we're driving, and I'm like, if I see a turkey, I'm going to shoot a turkey. You know, I want to shoot a turkey. And we jumped a bunch of mule deer, and we are looking at them, and I think we are all just kind of BS, and I was trying to figure out which way I wanted to go out of the field, because there's only one gate in and out. And we come up over the hill where they're always at and they're like 40 yards in front of us. I'm like okay, I'm going to I'm going to shoot one of these. No, it was
3: you know your Warren was like I'm going to shoot he, like, randomly. We're driving on, you know what field we're driving on. Yeah, yeah. We're driving on there and literally before we even see anything, he just goes, "I'm thinking about shooting a turkey this year." And Ramsey and I are like, "What?" <laughs> And then sure as shit, we come over the hill and they're right there. Why didn't he shoot one?
2: Because Ramsey shot it.
3: No. There was... I don't think Warren liked the scenario from his side of the ranger. Um, Ramsey definitely was about the only one that could get to a, a decent shooting spot. And he did. Um, had
0: a big-ass tree in the way that it had to get out and walk. Yeah. Um, and, and move around.
3: And if, if Warren got out, they would have... And I tried to get out, but they would have... Should have chirped him in, dude.
0: And the funny thing was, is it was like... There's, there's a property line right there. And the other side of it's not their property. And the side that we were on, obviously, is property that we can hunt. Everything on our side, when we first saw them, was hens and chicks from the spring. Not one single beard. And, I mean, you can shoot a hen in the fall Well, I was like, everything on the other side of the fence was a, a, a Tom and pretty well, soon they we start- didn't,
3: we didn't know that yet. This is the funny thing is cause we're literally looking at these things. And Ramsey is like out the door of the Ranger with his binos looking at him. And I'm out my door looking at him and it's like Ramsey goes all hands. And then I pull my binos up and I'm looking and I see one coming out of the trees on the right. And it was a, it was a, it was a Jake. And I was like, you never know, and so I kept watching. I think Ramsey was staring at the hens, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Jake, oh, there's a tom. Oh, there's a tom. I'm like, Holy shit, there's a tom. This freaking Goliath. I mean, that bird. The size of that
0: bird was. He was bigger than the rest of it, like body wise. That's the bigger. one
3: you He it. was the biggest tom. I one of the biggest I've ever seen.
0: He was feeling frisky, man. He wouldn't quit moving, and I'm like trying to get a good shot at him, you know, so I don't blow him up. I mean I was only shooting a two twenty three, so it was not
1: Oh, you shot him with my two twenty three? did. I didn't
0: even know that. And he finally like No he shot him with the three (laughs) hundred. Well he he kept like hopping at all the hens and stuff and he wouldn't quit moving. And then finally like it was almost like he saw us and he like stopped and lifted his head up and looked at us and just done
3: you know the, the dumbest part about this is we ran into that exact same scenario when we were archery hunting we had our bows literally same exact spot and those things saw us from 100 yards away and immediately date beeline sprinted away he shoots that tom they lifted up and, and they, they all jumped once and then landed right back down and we drove the ranger Twenty yards from
1: them, and they still sat there. I don't know why they get like that during the fall. I
3: don't.
0: That's weird. Every
1: fall turkey I've ever shot is the same way. They just like chill.
3: on that
0: property.
1: Yeah, it's it was
3: the dumb because I think Ramsey and I went out. Is that
1: your first turkey with a rifle?
0: No, my first turkey ever was with a rifle. Oh really? It's weird. Fall turkey is weird. And you know what I did the following weekend after I shot my t- first turkey? Shot the donkey. Shot my mule deer.
1: Oh ah, good. Good.
3: There's good something with karma. shooting a turkey in the morning that's good luck. Good karma.
0: Well, Sean shot his antelope, so he used all my good karma. But.
3: Uh, is there did you ever go turkey hunting in Wyoming?
0: Mm-mm. No? Nope. Pheasant.
1: But Pheasant. Yeah. So we talk about birds a lot. Does pheasant entice you at all? It tastes good. I've I've gone pheasant. Oh, you
0: have? Yeah, I've shot pheasants. He's got the hat for it.
1: You know what's crazy is Ramsey we've been on this big kick about getting Sean waterfowl hunting this year. And it's like everyone in our lives is the same way. All of our buddies are hitting us up for like the last two, like week, about like wanting to just do a mo-
2: monster amount of waterfowl hunting. this do, year. Do, I mean, did you waterfowl hunt? I've only done it a few times. Uh, I bought a shotgun like six or seven years ago. Nice shotgun. It's a pretty nice shotgun. I think so. Got a hell of a deal on it. I just never was like,
3: any, like when I obviously, you guys all know my story about it, when I, I didn't really start actually hunting till. Um, 20, but like when i go out and stuff, like everybody I ever would ever do anything in the outdoors related to hunting, they weren't big waterfowl, like at all. Like nobody shot birds that I was with.
1: Do you guys do much shotgun at all?
2: My family doesn't. They're pretty much all big game and fishing. So in the last three years, I haven't, uh, my brother who is basically my business partner now for the last four years, business partner before me. His best friend, he had a shop out on 48th Street, which is just outside the city lines. And uh, the geese would lift up from the ponds over on Knife River and Mm -hmm. they'd fly north. So we'd be out there doing woodworking. I'd drop, you know, every goose out, every flock of geese that flew over. Yeah. Go out there and drop them. But now it's been like four years. I forget you did some trap shooting this summer. I did. Yeah, I'm. I'm all jacked up. I want to join your team. Yeah, shotgun, shotgun shooting is fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. dude, it's fun. I got to get
1: a, new. Not
3: only now, has Now, he...
2: I have heard some stories about Sean. That <laughs> I'm a little excited to see him do some bird hunting this year.
3: I don't.
2: I will tell you, I...
0: dude was an ace on his turkey. This guy was? Yeah, he shot it in midair. No shit.
1: Which is a very unnatural way thing. of shooting a turkey. Oh, for sure.
3: But you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you this that I haven't told you to yet. I almost bought a shotgun the other day. No way! You did tell me that, though. Did I? Yeah. I really. There was like a. I can't remember what brand it was. It was 870 Remington. Remington.
2: Nitro Mag. And
3: it was looking real good, and the price it was like on sale. It's and that it was like I think it was like four or fifty, and I was
1: like, this thing
3: looks.
2: Oh, it was good. probably even a. So let like me tell a you a story about year. the old
1: 870 Express. Um, Ramsey and I have about 17
2: of them. Okay, hold on. I got a question. I got an 870 Nitro Mag. Old street abs. Was that the difference between the It Express? only shoots okay. green shells.
3: Do awesome. you guys not get that, does anybody get that joke? I don't. I, I, that was I don't a reach. That, that was a fucking reach. I know. That but I just wish that somebody could put the
4: pieces together. Meaning new? Meaning he's new to it? No. Oh. You
3: ever go to the gas
0: station to get worms and you get the Nitros? What
4: oh, yeah. I, I, I will
3: I'm tell you,
0: even more funny, right than that. over your head. Remington nitro shells are green.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where I thought you were going with were it. They?
3: Yeah. yeah,
1: oh my, there's who is well, the, the box guy? is who green. Is the the shells are cold. behind
0: that. That is <laughs> you can get <laughs> there's green over there. That's scary. Rem, our Remington STSs are green and right, the nitro 27. Rams,
1: Ramsey, let's talk about the 870 Express. I've the shot the AK 47 of shotguns. You could take the shotgun. You could throw it in the mud. Is that a good thing? You could run it over and you could come back in three years and it would still shoot. And they always shoot straight. They're a good field gun. I mean, we used to, you know, when we started trap shooting, we weren't very, we weren't super rich, you know? And so you could get an 870 Express at Walmart for like $175 back in the day. Oh, wow. And so we started shooting trap when we learned on an 870. So I have nothing bad to say about 870s at all. I actually have... I won one a couple of years ago. It's engraved. It's in my uh, gun safe. I'll never shoot it. That's not bad. You know, I feel like you can tell a lot
3: about it. That's a not true.
2: It's been shot.
1: That's when.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. Did that tell you about last Tuesday?
1: There's not a firing pin in it. I took it out. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You don't know how to do that.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> you know, I really you like- called my bluff. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys agree that you can tell a lot? I mean, you can tell the type of person by what caliber they big game hunt with. No. You guys feel
1: like that? No, that is Mm-mm. that is almost on the lines of racism and no,
3: sexism.
0: It's not. If you're a guy that wants to shoot it's a 6'8 type. western, huge
3: Christian, gosh. what do you what do you deer and elk hunt with?
0: I grew up on a two seventy and a thirty is. out six. Yeah, two seventy and thirty out six. That's a good man, right there, Chad. Three hundred eight. Uh, yeah, 300, but you see, okay. I don't
2: know if 308's like my personality. My, uh, I, I went in to get a gun. I had no idea what I was doing, and the guy sold me on it. But my first couple deer were with a 7mm, you know? So the 308, I you just happen to crazy? have it. I like it, but I didn't choose it. You know what's seriously crazy? And I wonder, a Christian could probably
3: elaborate on this from being from a different state, which now probably, I bet you he's seen a lot of them. I never heard of the seven MM until I moved to the eastern side of the state. Seriously. It's a good
1: gun. I grew up on it, so Very it's hard good. for me
3: to Was there is there a lot of seven seven MMs? I hadn't heard of it
4: much. And the the six five is completely well, brand new to me. Is yeah. it new? That, it's, that's all, a new it's caliber. New. Yeah. God, I went to Shields the other day. That's all you can find. <laughs>
2: well, the yeah. funny thing is seven MM's not that popular. My brother, he's a left handed shooter. Same. And uh he, I, I think it was is a, your Tika left handed? No. Th- that was dumb I think it was at Cabela's He walked in And it was this beautiful Like I don't know what kind of wood But cherry something or other Just beautiful wood Happened to be left handed Oh
3: you were telling me about yeah. that Yeah
2: Happened to be left handed So he bought it Turned out to be a 7mm short mag So even more
5: Rare Uncommon yeah. yeah
2: But now it's so beautiful He's afraid to go hiking with it Because <laughs> oh. I mean I've tripped with my gun And scuffed up my synthetic stock You know But that's, that's What brand is your three hundred eight? It's a Ruger I just seriously never
3: heard of and I had a guy explain it to me it was like eastern side of the state is 7MMs and 300s western side of the state is 270s and 30 out 6.
1: Yeah, that's weird to me. I I don't know. I just I I guess I was more knowledgeable about 30 out 6 growing up. But my dad what happened was my uh my uncle used to work for some someone similar to what Kevin worked for, but not not really the same. It was a it was a sports store, but it was like a uh a, a big one that like I don't know how to explain this. Like, you have Cabela's, you have Shields. Mm-hmm. Well, this was like that, but bigger, and it wasn't a retail store. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah. And so they would get, like, scratched and beat up stuff. My dad got that Remington. So that's the only have way you I Have ever got...
0: seen that gun? Warren 7mm?
3: Yeah, the no, Stams, yeah. yeah, I saw it last year. That's <laughs> the
1: only gun that I knew of, like, 7 Like, no one I knew shot 7mm. But then dad had that forever. everything shot so good, and then I, that's all I bought.
0: I'm probably bringing that. Next week.
3: Oh, really? Well, yeah, unless you get your 300. It's just always, it's like, oh, yeah. it was always a, like, I can tell
0: you can depend you on. a funny story that I had about my antelope hunting experience. So. I guess we didn't talk about Saturday. You're
1: drastically changing
0: the subject right yeah, now. Yeah, sorry. Your story. Um, that was rolling. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we were really enjoying it. All right, all right well, continue on tell my story <laughs> Yeah, yeah fuck we you, Ramsey. Well, <laughs>
3: the big thing that I was going to ask is I knew a <laughs> lot. Lose some more hair. I knew a lot of guys that shot 270 in western montana. And that's a I mean it is a good I have heard from some people though that they think it's small for elk. Oh it is. I mean, you think so? But what what uh, uh what size of bullet is a 270? Does anybody know? It's like 125 grain, 130 grain. You can shoot higher than that, right? For grain, but I'm talking like millimeter. I don't bullet. know, about 0.27 I, thing,
4: 270. That's I never crazy. I never had to take one more than one shot to put one down.
1: Well, it's one of the most it is. We've we've talked about this before. It's either it either is or is as much the most popular um uh, caliber ever
0: shot next
1: to the two
3: forty three. What brand
0: did you shoot? Remington. Remington. So, so it's a, a two six seven, point
3: eight six. So
0: what should be point two seven inches? Like a, like
3: a, like a three hundred or three hundred a thirty odd six is like just at seven, just at or just over seven millimeters. So I mean you're right there, and. I feel like I just, we had
1: this conversation with Kevin. I know
3: we did, but we had I, which and I think Kevin said that he thought the two seventy was small for elk, but I just knew so many guys that did it. Mm-hmm. I think the six is too small for elk, but yet there's a ton of people out there that do that. As
2: long as you get a good shot the first time, well, that's a great.
1: That's a great shot placement.
3: Is it is? is everything. It's huge. But mm-hmm. it's like, would you? How I've known guys that have taken two forty threes elk hunting. Now, yeah, shot placement is the main factor. In your success, because you could easily,
0: for reference, a thirty out six is point seven six zero.
3: Yeah, so it was just under just. Over Sean, that.
1: I know some old timers from some stories that I used to hear back in the day that killed more elk with twenty two mag than any other caliber in there. It's so weird. Like it's just it's shot placement. I
3: never heard of the. Uh, I, I've really never heard of the three hundred eight until. Um, Isaac,
1: Isaac has one. Yeah, Isaac does. Oh, Isaac shoots one too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I can't remember who it was.
3: I ran into a guy up, up. But don't they
1: say that's more of a like? I thought like 308 is like the classic, like poster boy for varmint shooting, like coyote killing.
2: What grain is. bullet do you shoot out of yours? Don't embarrass me like that. I've had the same one. I've i probably like,
0: had the same box of shells. How, how big have you? Like, how big? Of them.
2: Them? I've been hunting. What's them? the highest grain you can shoot out of a
3: 308? I have no idea. I don't shoot him but it's, it just seems...
2: Well, like you said, you haven't heard of them. When I went to go get a gun, it's... My dad's a trucker, so... 150 to 180, so to same as gun. us. My dad, you know, out of state, he calls up because I want to buy him a gun, so I went to the fort. And I was like... In big timber, yeah. Yeah, I was like, what do I need? And the guy, you know, I was, what, 15 or whatever the hell it was. So he sold me. Well, it used to be a the sniper rifle of the military. I was like, "So did yeah. Literally... <laughs> yeah. Every other country. thirty out six. So, so as a fifteen year old, he just sells me on it, and I went for it. And you know, a lot of people shoot three hundred eight. It, it's a straight shooting gun. I mean it. It it is.
3: Is it known? Because like obviously, a thirty out six is known for not a straight shooting gun, but like three hundred eight is. It is.
2: It is. It's, it's, it's a okay. great. Well, I was telling Ramsey. He goes, "When's the last time you sighted in your rifle?" I was like, "Well, I take it out to sight in every year, but it's probably been eight years since I changed anything." You know
3: it. Yeah. Which and then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, with 270 shoots pretty straight too, is
1: what I've heard. Right? There's not. I feel a, like it did.
3: There's not a lot of arc to that bullet.
1: Or I feel I like wrong? fast.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, I could. I see feel that. like what's more. We've had this conversation so many times. It's very um, opinionated in a way. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like what I what I seem to see with a lot of people anymore is like just getting to know what you're sh what you shoot. It really doesn't matter what you're shooting, and I think that I have not been able to follow that rule my whole life, because I change a lot. But, like, it took me... And then, this isn't even a rifle, but, like, it took me till shooting my animals this year with tons of practice with my bow to realize, like, it doesn't... The equipment doesn't make the shot you do. Right. Because, you know, how many times we talked about, like, pre-ordering new bows this year already? Like, I'm not gonna do that now. And I think the same goes for rifles. Except for... I will In contradict my myself because I'm going to...
3: I, I did it. I did the inevitable.
1: Yeah, but I think it was good for you. It gave you confidence I, boost. Fuck yeah, it was good for me.
2: What I have heard the most shit about is a 6.5. Now, I've never shot one. I want, it, I want one really bad, but the most shit I've heard yeah. is a 6.5. You cannot keep a group. They're like the... I don't um, know about... I've never heard that before about 6.5. I think I've heard it from at least three different people. I just said... couldn't keep it.
1: Like... I've, I've always—they're the sick of gear of rifles. Yeah, they're they're very controversial. I just feel like they're
3: well known for being super. I guess not super accurate, but like their last lack- thing I, is—I so would I say shoot.
0: that's probably what they're most known yeah, for: long-distance shoot accurate so shooting.
3: Far, yeah, it's just but like for you, you shot thirty out of six two seventy, right? right? Did you shoot farther with one than the other when you like when you harvested things?
4: Um, uh, that'd probably be a better question for my dad and uncle, but I, I, I mean, that's what I was going to bring up earlier is I feel like it's not so much the caliber cause like you were saying, Riley, people were, you know, people that hunted with 22s forever and ever and killed elk and stuff. So I, I feel like maybe they were probably shooting from closer range than you could shoot with a 270 or 30 six.
1: Well, think about like, let's, let's take it back to like the 1800s. The guys were shooting 30 30 lever action rifles, and that's all they shot every day, all day. And they could probably, they're probably more accurate with an open sight, with an iron sight 30 30 lever action than we are with our um, scoped up rifles.
3: Now, let me get a little,
4: they're also shooting every day, though. Yeah. (laughs) Let me get a little,
1: (laughs) and bullets were probably like half a a, a, hey penny back in the
0: day.
3: (laughs) Let me get a little philosophy to you guys. Do you think elk back then weren't as scared of people as they are now?
0: I think they have. Probably always been
3: about but the same. Most of
1: those guys are probably horseback, right? I think all animals know how to fear death, really.
3: Well, I know, but like if you think about it, you think obviously shooting iron sights you're gonna have to be shit? I don't know what the marksmen were back then, but like I also don't think nowadays, there's the ethics
1: that there is today.
3: Either. No, but like nowadays it's like hundred yards, right? If you go out for your your uh why can't I think of the word that you corrected me on earlier? Muzzle loader. You go out for your muzzle loader season. You're not shooting over a hundred yards on iron sights. Do you think those guys shot farther than that?
0: Well, you put scopes on them, muzzle loaders.
4: There's also less. You can put a scope Hunters can, you around can't for use spooking. A
3: scope on a loader. I think it's iron sights only. I have no idea. I'm yeah, very I uneducated. No I thought it was, but who knows? Maybe they're better marks. So there. we we got
1: onto this rifle subject just because you were talking shit about me buying a new one. Is that how this got? Why here? would I talk shit? Or was Ramsey talking? What shit? I
3: did. What Do you think I just did? I Christian probably doesn't know. I missed an antelope opening day of antelope season mm-hmm. with my 30 odd six. Mm-hmm. Clean miss, clean miss, like feet at 220 yards. Immediately, the following Monday, bought a 300 savage 300 windbag. Nice, and that's why I just shot my antelope. Work.
0: Seven shots took us to sight that thing. In. Yeah, sweet.
3: The things that thing's pounding nails now. It's it is. By far the most accurate gun of it,
0: it might be just a little high. Potentially. What was your aught six yarded in at?
3: It was two inches. With two high, the two, two inch inches high hundred. So it was dead nuts at three. And that was last year when we sighted it in. And probably, I hadn't
0: well the third at six, you're probably dead nuts at two.
3: I never sh- not it doesn't drop that much.
0: With the bipod?
3: No, no bipod. I was on my back. Did you
4: flinch?
0: Probably.
3: Sean, I don't want to. Have you shaken
1: your buck fever yet? I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Was he nervous well, when he shot that one? We
0: Personally? had like an hour to decide whether we were going to. No, no, no,
1: no, no. The first one.
0: Uh that it, was a big deer, a uh, big antelope. I wasn't that nervous. The first one, you were that you didn't get a shot F at. Uh
3: I wouldn't say I was. I'm going to
0: put this on the podcast because I think it's fucking hilarious. I'll
3: tell it. So uh, where I missed. You know the field. You were there. There's a... It's kind of a rolling farm ground Mm -hmm. field. um, Stubble field. And there's a... We were on a berm. They were on a berm. But they were on the backside of it. And... They... We're funneling out one by one behind this berm, and there's a bunch of does coming out. And then there was one buck that came out that was probably the same size as the one that I actually shot. Oh, uh, so we're talking about the one you missed? Yes. Okay. And finally, he came out. He was probably 15. He was 15. Yeah, probably. Close to 15-incher. He he came out, and he they knew we were... There was a doe that was like 100 yards where I left that knew we were there. And... So they were kind of getting all antsy or whatever, and I had my pack up on the berm, and I was like looking down on him. He came out broadside, trotting along, walking slow as can be, and uh, I relaxed, spread my legs, and you know what got him to stop broadside? I ripped ass. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I farted because I like I Did was like sneak up. On I was like readjusting. What? I was readjusting, and so I was, like, trying to get comfortable because I was, like, first of all, we're laying down all of our cactuses, and I already had a cactus in my hand, and so I'm, like, sitting there trying to relax, and I just literally – I remember going, like – like, my body started to melt, and I just got so relaxed, and it was just – and he stops and he turns and looks right at us broadside. And Ramsey's right next to me and he just he's on his binos like this and he drops his head on his binos <laughs> and he's just like looking down laughing. And I was like holy shit that felt good. And it's like I kept my i I still scoped down on him. And then he turned towards us after that. And it was like... had to f-
0: wait forever because he kept having... He kept walking in front of does.
3: Yeah. There was... He stacked on two does after that happened. And then I was like... Oh, fuck i was he came out and he was uh courting toward and that's why i shot and i didn't see we didn't see any stubble or anything like move kick up or whatever and i shot and ramsey goes i think he missed and i went i, f- I it felt like a good shot like i truly felt like it was a it, i shot well and i was like no way because he just took off but I like turned at Ramsey and I was like, well, I guess we'll wait a little bit and go check for blood. And I was like, how cool that a story would have been though. I was like, stop that antelope at two
1: hundred twenty yards because I ripped ass. Yeah, if you would, uh, if you would accomplish that when they teach youth now to shoot guns, you know, like when you have to breathe and let out when you like pull the trigger, that I'm like, and then fart. <laughs> it's exactly how it went down. It was so funny.
3: And then yeah, we walked over there
1: and there was, lit, I mean, there's no blood. Well, since we've perfectly segued out of rifles and antelope, can I tell do you want my to tell story, your story now? now? <laughs>
0: um all right so we took owen out to try to get him a meal deer and me and sean brought our guns along because it's the same property that we hunt antelope on and i was like yeah if we see an antelope you know we'll stop whatever and so we jumped this buck off of the edge of these rims and we watched him for a while and he ran over and he bedded down in a coulee and he never came out And we sat there for probably half an hour never came out so we devised a plan. I was like, you three walk and come up. There's a spot where you could see that you could get to that coolie and look over the edge, and they wouldn't see you. And so that three of them walked down the hill, and I stayed up top. And uh, I watched him watched them finally get to the coolie, and the buck had moved a little bit where we couldn't see him. And he saw him as soon as they popped over the hill, and he took off and ran away. I was like, all right, well, I better go get them because I'd drive all the way around the property to get down below the rims. And uh, so I'm driving back and there's one gate I have to get out and open by myself. So I stop at this gate and I look up and here's 65 antelope across the road in just a a winter wheat planted field or whatever. And I'm like, here's a little hill. You know, I can get behind that hill. They're not going to be very far. So it's fairly windy. So I, I'm crawling up this hill and I get to where I can see them. And I mean, there's tons of antelope and I'm like trying to, there's probably, I think 11 bucks I counted in this group. And I was like, well, this, you know, if I make a good shot, this won't take very long and whatever. So I finally found the one I wanted. And I mean, he's easily the biggest antelope I would have ever shot and he's in all these does and i'm waiting and waiting for him to because he's milling around with all these does finally he gets out by himself and put the crosshairs right where it needs to be and i pull the trigger and this thing just drops like a sack of potatoes and i'm like oh cool all right so washing for a little bit and, i mean his legs are up in the air kicking kicking whatever and so i walk back to the ranger because i was just going to go drive there's a road that goes along the planet strips so i was just going to drive over to him and field dress him and then drag him back to the ranger and go pick these guys up i get in the ranger and drive up over the hill and this thing's standing up looking at me in the middle of the field and i'm like oh shit so i didn't realize that he'd walked another 100 yards from where i originally shot at him and so when i shot the second time i hit the dirt right in front of his feet and he just took off i'm like oh here we go and so i i was like, well, I'll just drive you down this road and see if I can find him again. And so I drive you of the road, and here he is just about to cross the fence onto the neighbor's property. No blood, no nothing. Crosses the fence, can't shoot him. And I'm like, what the hell? And I was like, well, maybe I hit him high or something. And because he went in with four doe, or he went in with four other does and went around this hill. And the four does came out and he never did. So I was like, well, we'll go. I'll go pick those guys up, you know, give him some time. I don't want to bump them out of this spot again. So I went and picked these guys up and we drove back up there and we found the spot where it originally shot at him. And in the dirt, you could see where he'd kicked around and stuff. Not a drop of blood. Went over to where he crossed the fence. Not a drop of blood. Walked over the hill. He went around. No antelope. So I was like, "Well, must have been a clean mess." I don't know if the bullet whizzed by his head or something and made him all stupid. But
3: now I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell this from my perspective. So when he Ramsey stayed up on that hill when we walked down to go chase that buck for Owen we do you do you know uh, for Riley that ref in reference to you know that property that um we were going to be able to hunt on that day when we were all out there because it's you know what i mean mm-hmm. we're on that last rim and we essentially made the plan that we were going to walk past the homestead and then go farther a little bit and then he was going to get us and so Because there's that big ravine that runs right there and that we never saw. We were glassing that buck that we jumped after. Did you tell the part about what you did on that rim? When I watched you guys? No. So there's a rock.
5: Oh. Up there.
0: Matt's got pictures of it. I'll show you guys. But. Ramsey goes to sit. You down. know the rock that you kind of have to walk around the end of the fence to, and I always sat on that rock and glassed over yeah. there. Okay, that's so the Rockies. He
3: to. went around and sat on the rock, and it immediately broke loose from the. It's like a shale rock. It broke. The rock broke.
2: Loose? Yes,
0: it's sandstone.
2: This is so one of the. This is the, he, this is the aftermath time? of him. This is, did you? This is what you fall off.
0: Yes. Yeah. He literally <laughs> broke the rock
3: off from the structure and just dumped oh, shit himself onto his back. <laughs> and then that buck didn't even jump out then it was a couple minutes later it jumped out but anyway so we went down after that uh that buck and it came into a ravine and we couldn't we never saw him come out of the ravine any direction because we could see him if he did so we went he's in there somewhere so we went down after him ended up jumping him at like 90 yards because he was in this little burrow that he blended perfectly it was just ridiculous and he jumped and ran away um but uh So we're like walking and it's been, uh, after we jumped that buck, Owen said he turned around and looked at Ramsey on that hill and Ramsey was jogging towards the ranger to come around and get us. So we knew he was gone. And then he, uh, we're like walking and walking. We heard a gunshot above us. And I look at Matt and I go, Ramsey just shot an antelope. I was like that asshole. And, uh, and so is this
2: in correlation with the same story you just yeah, told yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. yeah it was like 25 30 minutes before he even like came down and the funny thing was as soon as he came down that hill he was going like mock eight coming at <laughs> us and i went oh yeah Ramsey just shot an antelope and he pulled up and he opens the windshield and the rangers got a big smile on his face what's up boys <laughs> I'm like you just shot an antelope did not you and he goes yep <laughs> And yeah and then we the went up and found out he actually clean and clean miss but I do who are we hearing that from that if you sh- like antelope have this weird
0: thing the owners of Narnia wasn't it no, yeah, no 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 it was the owners of the property we were on
3: yeah they claim that I think it's a goat thing cuz I looked into it a little bit it's a goat species thing that if you shoot underneath them that like f- whatever physics you want to call it the friction the s- super the sonic power of the bullet or whatever the dust whatever when you shoot under them it like
2: disorientates them like a fainting goat
3: yeah it kind of (laughs) which kind of makes sense if you think about it yeah but like it disorientates them so that's i think because there was truly truly disorientate there was truly no other can you
1: you correct him for me
3: (laughs) is that not disorient?
4: it's disorientat, actually
3: oh it is (laughs) Uh, nope, I well, don't look, think that's what? it either. <laughs>
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: Disorientateo.
3: But anyway, yeah, it was that was a. It was wild.
0: So I will not be taking the 300 hunting until I get it sighted back in because it was only a 450 yard shot.
2: No. So I got a question: Has has everyone here gotten buck fever? Yes. In their life? Yeah. No. Yeah. Ramsey, have you? You haven't. Not like shaking uncontrollably.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Well, like, like where you top. get excited, is that what you're saying?
2: Like or trying to you know, you got it in your crosshairs right here and you're the buck fever. Like you're shaking like yeah. actually. No, but so I've got most gotten the point of the time I'm like, when I'm shaking it's because of the walk I just went on. I can't <laughs> breathe. Okay. Well, so I hear so <laughs> many stories about like Same. buck fever. You missed it because of buck fever? Yeah. No, I'm not a, I haven't shot that much. I've only shot 3 bucks, 2 mule deer and a whitetail. None of them are crazy. My first one it was like a three point mule deer, but as a thirteen year old kid, it looked like fucking massive. Oh yeah, and I remember my dad telling me, "Okay, just remember you gotta calm down, you gotta calm down. I don't know. I've never experienced buck fever, and I everyone talks about how crazy it is, and I'm like,
0: I
3: don't think I've, got, I, I've never gotten into The, the
2: point closest point. thing I've
0: gotten to buck fever is when I shot my big deer. hmm I literally had to like roll off the gun to my back and calm myself down. Okay. But it was a combination of me being out of breath because I really like ran. No, that makes sense. Now,
2: like I said, I've only shot three. So maybe I just haven't got the right scenario. But every time I've had my sights on a deer, I looking back, I'm like, man, I just. Stone cold. Yeah. I I don't know.
1: I get what you're saying. Like, I think that comes from. I don't even know how to say it. Like. Like when you were a kid, you were always like I was like as excited to do it, you know, and like but I never like I always thought like oh I'm gonna look like a fool if I miss, so I never like you dial in, yeah.
3: How many times have you guys missed an animal before?
4: Haven't yet, just once
0: after that antelope. Probably too many times to count.
1: Let me try to think of like actual clean misses where I didn't get another shot. Oh, I
2: lied. Sorry, no, I did miss one. Probably less one. than 10.
3: I've been twice that antelope and then a cow.
1: Like <sighs> I can two. only think of one deer that I actually missed and didn't like. I've missed and then shot a second time and hit. Right. right? And I've done that. But like an actual miss. and There's a warning
3: shot,
0: fair chase, you know. Was
3: that sound <laughs> shot?
1: <laughs> sound shots,
0: yeah. We walked up to the but, big coolie at Obsidian. Yeah. And uh, Sean's like, hey, Ramsey, sound shot. <laughs> <laughs> You
1: guys probably didn't, uh, that was on our podcast a couple weeks ago. You probably didn't hear that, but uh, we were talking about like unethical stuff mm-hmm. and people shooting. We actually had brought up, you that guys, Josh telling us. Have episode? you guys heard about the lady that killed the husky and then skinned it? And she thought it was a Facebook? wolf, right? Yeah. She yeah. You didn't
3: hear about
2: that? No. She shot a
1: fucking husky,
3: like a feral husky, and thought it was a wolf. Where? In uh, Columbia was, Falls. Yeah, Columbia Falls. Oh my God. I also yeah.
2: saw someone who saved a, a stray dog. Turned out to be a coyote. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: well,
1: and then, like, we were also talking about, like, people shoot llamas and donkeys and stuff, thinking they're elk. Well, Josh has said that they, him and his, it was, like, his co-worker was out hunting. And there's a dude walking out of the spot they were walking into. Like, hey, how's, this, how's the hunting been going today? He's like, oh, nothing. I had to do some sound shots and still nothing. Or, like, well, I don't remember how he said no, that. No, it's
3: because they, when they were walking in, they heard a bunch of gunshots. So they're like... Oh, you know, like if we, you know, we're going to see somebody and they must have killed something. And then they came up to the guy and we like, "Hey, you, you know, did you kill something?" And he's like,
1: "Oh, no, I was just doing a couple of sound shots." Which, which basically he was saying like he was shooting at nothing. Right. Or like what was he no, saying? No, he was saying that he would hear stuff in the brush, in the brush and just shoot and at just it. And
3: just shoot at it. What if that was me like <laughs> taking you know a piss has, over there? You know how dangerous that is? <laughs> right. <laughs> And so now every time we have the running joke, we're like,
4: sound shot, sound Sound shot.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I even did that in archery this year too, because I have my 45 and Ramsey and I were hiking around and I was like, dude, sound shot right now.
4: Uh, But no, I I was going to say going back to the uh, buck fever. So when I I started hunting, when I was in seventh grade, like actually shooting on my own. Um, And I don't remember ever having an issue with it. Then I shot my first bull then I shot my first whitetail single shots, both dropped them. But, uh, two years ago I went out deer hunting solo and I went out every single morning. I was going for whitetail, uh, down in Sheridan every single morning, twice a day for two weeks. And I finally got to that like day 13. Oh,
2: it's built up now.
4: And I was like, yeah. And I finally came across the buck that was crossing right in front of me about, I don't know, right at, 280 or something like that. And it was my fault for not verifying the gun that I was borrowing where it was sighted in at. But I remember pulling my gun up and putting that thing in the crosshairs. And I was like, oh shit, this is it. Finally, I've put in all this work. I've been freezing my ass off at four in the morning. You know, it's negative five outside for multiple days and then coming back out at two in the afternoon every single day. And that was the one that I missed. But it's I clipped it. it, I think, on the gut, and it followed its trail forever and ever, never and found it.
3: Well, they say gut shots are one hundred percent fatal. Whether it's five seconds, uh, I could have just
2: been the brisket, though. I mean, but that's the biggest not, thing. Not nick a little meat. Yeah, they'll You're make not. It. The I only keep seeing that's such a, that's
1: a random ever. thing to bring up. I've seen that video I know. seventeen different ways, a hundred times this year, and I've never heard it in my life before. Where they talk about gut shots being one hundred percent fatal. I
4: don't. My uncle says the opposite. He said that. Usually they make it through those, but
2: I just hear a gut shots the worst to gut. Well, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> did I tell you guys a story about my bull this year? What Matt did to me? No, so we had we were helping each other feel dress it right, and the way that the, the bull was laying, it had kind of the middle stomach pushed up against the like the, the layer of the, the stomach layer of skin, and I was. The way I was holding it was, like, I kind of had, like, the front arms. Like, I was kind of laying, like, my chest on his chest. And he's going up to the thing. And you can see that he's getting close to the stomach. But I trust Matt a lot. Like, he's done that five million times. And he gets it open. And, like, once he cuts it open past it, like, it kind of slips a little bit. And he pokes a hole straight in the fucking stomach. And it, like, it was like you popped a balloon and went s- literally stomach bile all over my face. Uh-huh. It was so, like, it felt like someone, like, took, like 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 literally a balloon and popped it in your face that's how much pressure came out and i was just like (laughs) what the hell just happened that
0: was was sean's was fat too yeah that was was, that was
3: super funny because we were like we were like running through um we just cut the pelvis and we were getting like getting ready just to pull everything out and i remember i was like I went to grab my knife, but Ramsey already went to do it. And I was like, oh fuck, I'll just spread the legs. And he's going to cut that last little bit of tendon right there at the pelvis. So it's way easier to just drag stuff through it. <laughs> and right before that, I was you running the, the bone saw down the pelvis, cutting it. And he's like, he's like, Whoa, you got real close to that uh the bladder. And I was like, I was like, Yeah, I noticed that like right at the last second. And he's running that knife down, cutting that. And he goes, wow, that was close. Because he almost hit it. And then, like, literally two seconds later, he goes, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, son of a bitch. Oh,
0: and even funny, I'm cutting the esophagus, like, so I can pull everything out. And I cut it, and all the, the lung pressure goes <sighs> sports blood all over Sean's face. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i kept doing it and they kept splattering my face like
3: would you <laughs> stop yeah, and then the rest of the day we're talking to the landowners for like an hour and a half and we get into the truck to leave and his dad goes hey by the way you got a spot of blood right here and i'm like are you fucking kidding me guys like you couldn't have told me that like two hours ago? i thought you
0: were wearing some more paint dude yeah whatever i'd be proud of that you know wear that home dude. that I, I can tell you right now on my first deer i put you know the old football,
2: two lines on each. Have you side, guys ever? Did you, you blood the boy. Is that what happened? You know, blood. Yeah.
3: Have yeah. you ever truly been with somebody that is like you've heard the stuff like
2: you got to eat the heart like as a. General. I've heard the stories. I've never been with. Have anybody, you been with anybody
3: before that's actually done it?
2: Because Matt was trying to force I me have, to do it on my my bowl. I have been with people that do it. You haven't done it personally though.
3: I have never eaten straight out of the heart before.
2: I'm no. too picky. I couldn't do that.
3: I have eaten uh like uncooked mule deer
2: liver before. Really? Yeah. That's, that's wild, dude. I would never it's eat an like, it organ raw. It's like bitter. It's not my thing. But you
3: know, it's crazy. So I know a couple of buddies of mine went to uh, Alaska with a... I don't know if I should say his name. I don't know if that's... Okay, went, then don't. Yeah, I well, won't. Went to Alaska with a guy um, that is a crazy m- outdoors... Probably the biggest outdoorsman that they know. Uh, they were black bear hunting, and they shot a black bear. One of my buddies shot a black bear, and the guy's like, "All right, they were eating blueberries off the hill all day, you know, looking for them." And he goes, "Bet you those blueberries in his stomach taste better than the ones on the hillside." And I saw videos of them reaching in the in out of the stomach, Mm-mm. pulling the blueberries out, and shoving them in their mouth.
0: Disgusting. <laughs> and I he goodness. claims.
3: It's exactly like blueberry pie. Hmm. And he, he truly said, he you know, they were way, because they were like bitter, you know, like when they're on the side of the hill. He goes, they're bitter. Eating them out of that bear's stomach. It's
0: processed now. He said it was, it was he goes, it was good. You're like, one step away from eating shit.
3: I know, but like you and I have like,
0: have you guys ever heard of the. You were, I think you meat, were a baby
1: bird to that bear. Yeah. He regurgitated.
3: Like have you ever like watched Meteor? hmm With Renella. Love that shit. Mm-mm. And him, like, he does, like, the... Have you ever heard of, like, the meal deer eye fat? It tastes mm-hmm. like, like bread dough if you eat the eye fat.
0: Nope.
1: And Ramsey and I have been, like, really wanting to try that.
3: Yeah,
0: if we shoot one this next weekend, I want to try it. What do you
1: want to do? I miss that. Eat the, the eye fat that tastes the like bread deer. dough. What, yeah, that, that too. And what about call fat? Have you thought about using that? Like, to cook with? Yeah. But, you know, like, the best thing
2: is, like, the, like, bear fat. I hear... I've heard from... Some pretty backcountry people that bear fat make some great donuts. Really, bear lard donuts. Bear yeah. bear lard is like what
1: does it replace? Like what does the lard replace and like what how you would normally make donuts?
2: I don't know. It's just he just. I just don't know, I don't, I don't know how to make Bear lard. I don't know
1: how to make donuts, so I'm like wondering like, what yeah. what ingredient you leave out. I don't.
2: Does it replace the butter? Maybe. Maybe. Oh yeah, that would better probably be it. See, probably the, the taste doesn't bother me. It's it's my mindset of what I'm eating chad you don't even eat onions yeah i don't like he shit that 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 like god created got, fruit. like granella does like, yeah no it's it's the thought of like eating an organ or could you guys ever go bear. to I'm like what it tastes like even if it's good it's could you guys
3: ever fun. go to like yeah. africa or like anywhere with monkeys and do a guided no animal. i don't know i do not think
2: about that it no. grosses me out like that is wild onions are nasty by the way
1: ramsay that's beside the point well this train has come far off the tracks we're gonna take a break. Um, we reached the one-hour point of this five-hour podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, when we get back, we have tons of see. The, the cool thing about this podcast is it's Lodge Crew with the boys. But we're also throwing at like we're throwing everything at it. We're throwing uh, current events, buzz and BMB, like it's all. We're trying to get all, a bunch of stuff out of the way before we're not on the mic for a couple of weeks. Um, when we come back, we have a bunch of cool topics to talk about. So, uh, with that being said. We will be right back. (laughs) Two Leggins Outfitters out of Hardin, Montana is your one-stop shop for the best hunting and fishing adventures Montana has to offer. If you're looking for fishing adventures, big game hunting, bird hunting, and much more, get a hold of Dave or Patty at Two Leggins Outfitters, 406-665-2825. Book the adventure of a lifetime today. Welcome back. We're going to start this off with, I wanted to start some conversation in the room. Would everyone agree that November is basically, like I said earlier, crunch time? It is like the most important month of hunting in the whole year.
2: Probably. I'd agree.
1: Um, So what I have pulled up, because I want to see what you guys think about how this month's going to go for everybody. Because I made this comment to Sean the other day. We follow a lot of Montana hunting pages and we have a lot of friends very little large mule deer have been shot from what I've seen. It's because I haven't been out yet. A couple <laughs> decent head. whitetails. Sean, Sean's got a buddy and I have a, someone that I know that shot some. But, like, really, and this is going to lead into, Sean's got an article over there for, um, we spoke about this a couple weeks ago, or no, last week, about how um, the game checks were down a lot. And then the one the article that Sean has... I I didn't quite read it all the way through, but I believe it has something about they're down even worse than they were the first week. If that sounds correct. Yeah. So my question, everybody, is do we think things are going to heat up in November or do we think that this is just another tough hunting season? And here's the facts I'm going to give everybody, and I want to banter on what everyone thinks after I give you these facts. So I got moon cycles and I've got uh, weather here. Starting November 1st, we start the first quarter. So we have a half moon starting today. By next Sunday, well, actually this would be next Tuesday, excuse me, we have a full moon, which will last till the 16th. It'll it it'll dwindle till the 16th. Our, our first new moon is November 23rd, which is the last weekend, the last week of hunting season. So there's the knowledge for that. Very interesting. I think it's really a crazy thing to think of. Full moons suck for 100. Literally the worst moon cycle you could have yeah. for the month of November. Then we turn into November's weather. Now, this is a monthly outlook. Obviously, not super accurate going multiple weeks out. We're expecting precipitation Tuesday this week and Thursday of this week. Wednesday of next week, and the 29th. Everything else on here is low humidity percentages and sunny. So, the way I'm looking at it, and it'll be very similar to last year, another dry November. You know, because they talk a lot about you know, snow pushes a lot of elk movement, snow pushes a lot of deer movement, kicks ruts into place, obviously not for elk. but That's the
3: biggest thing about um, November, the Last year, I think deer rut started in October, um, because of that heavy snowfall that we had, and that's why it hasn't started yet. Is because we haven't had that cold weather,
1: and I can I can promise you it hasn't started yet because I just I just picked up my cameras from. It's been three weeks since I've been out to the ranch. I had twenty one hundred pictures of elk and deer, and every deer. I have a group of deer that come through one camera every day, and it's a bachelor herd of like five bucks, and they come through every yeah. single day.
3: And it's, it's, it, they, I don't know so much about elk, but deer 1000% is what, based off of weather.
4: What's the, what area is the weather?
1: So this weather would be for central Montana. So I tried to get like a, an outlook of as much as I could get for most of Montana. This is like a, Obviously, the mountainous side of the state will be different from, um, the you know the badlands plains part of the state, right? But I tried to get as centralized as I could, and it seems to be dry, and low uh, precipitation,
3: right? Because we know some areas already have snow, like, the, like
4: well, yeah, I mean the Red Lodge and White Sulphur just got drilled, yeah. You know, it's short term; it goes away. But I mean, that might be enough to kick a rut.
1: Who so knows? I, I think that brings up a great point. And I think this happened last year, too. Do you remember of the big bucks that we saw last year where they all came from? Mountains. They're all mountain bucks. Yeah. I don't remember seeing very many prairie big bucks. And then I'll tell you, I've got some deer on camera this year that are bigger than anything I saw last year. So things could change.
3: This goes to with what I said last week is that the the mule deer migration
1: in Montana changed the last two or three years. Yeah, we talked about that.
3: Drastically
1: changing. So with this bad moon cycle and this, and I would say, and this is opinion, this is opinionated conversation. The weather outlook for me is bad. I don't like it as historical hunting has gone for me. What do you guys think based off of the information laid out on if you think that the November hunting is going to pick up or if it's going to be another tough year? And I think, like I said, you bring up a good point. Could be situational for where you hunt. It for sure is. I
4: think, I think if you want to be most successful, you want to find a place. You want to find a horseshoe to hunt. So right, you know where they're going to be coming off the mountain, if you have access to that, and uh, you're going to want to be starting or getting into your spot probably at like, God, I don't know. I'd probably say either just before it's getting dark or you definitely want to be there before blue in the morning
3: i i really think that uh i mean you see it every year that's like mountain mule deer in montana at least are uh, they're on a different schedule than than we see over on this side of the state but i think the problem that could arise with the weather for november is that it's going to be if you went hunting on a friday There may not be rutting and you go hunting that Saturday. They might just be starting rutting in this case because there's not going to be that big. Like if you look at it in the previous years, how many big snowstorms have came through that have caused mule deer rut in the last several years? And I don't think with that forecast, we're going to get that this year. So it's literally going to be like this. That it, yeah and
1: and i think it's what was it's going to be is it's going to be same as last year where you're going to go out shoulder hunting december 1st and there's going to be bucks everywhere and elk everywhere cuz yeah. it's going to be three, i think
4: the rut'll be random for sure but i think they're going to be coming off to feed if especially during those first few weeks of november when the moon's going to be out at night they're going to be coming out to feed late but, so you got to be there probably 30 minutes before it gets dark and that's when they're going to be there
3: and you gotta think of this too though. It's not only the precipitation that the snowfall that causes that can cause that rut. If you look at the forecast now for temperature, this was the last day that it was gonna be this hot.
1: Oh yeah. I guess I didn't even bring up temperature on here. Um the average high temps will be 35 to 45 for the month, and the average lows will be 10 to 25. So still above ish. So I, would I
3: wouldn't it. be I I truly would not be surprised if Meal deer rut in this side of the state starts next weekend because it was almost seventy degrees today and worse. yesterday and now it's going to start dropping crazy and the lows even yesterday and today were still in the high forties and into the fifties mm-hmm. now the lows looking at the next seven day forecast the oh lows I- are going to be in like twenty six twenty eight. And the highs are going to be f- in the mid-40s, maybe high 40s. I guarantee you that alone with how hot it's been leading up to this is uh, going to be that temperature change. So <laughs>
0: I'll throw you even more of a curveball. My big meal deer that I shot. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. <Jesus. laughs> Snuck up on me. Somewhere. Um, was on the hottest day of the month of November. Were they rutting then? No. They weren't? No. I know. It's Wait, what was What wasn't rutting? My mule deer. Your big one? Yeah.
1: I had like 30 does with him. What are you
0: talking about? He had 30 does with him, but his neck wasn't swollen or he nothing. He was
1: rutting, I promise you. I watched him from a distance. He was 100% Okay, well,
0: I
3: mean, the biggest thing... Here's his neck was statement. this big around. You got to... I mean, that that is going to be the drastic change is the, is the temperature because it's... The only thing that can push it like night and day is snowfall. That's the only thing that can push mule deer rut like from a day-to-day basis temperature is it's going to work its way through so that they're going to they're going to you know start evolving into that like you know it's it's fucking cold out here you know what i mean because it's been so warm up until this point is they're going to be like okay you know now it's time now i need some hose so something fun that i got to
1: do this weekend uh and you know i enjoy doing this kind of shit uh i tagged along with my outfitter who is 71 and his good friend who's 89 or 88. So I was hanging out with the old dudes this weekend when they were looking for cows and I was doing some projects at the, at the cabin and me and Dave got on the subject about the same thing. And he said, I think it's going to be like last year where it's going to be good in the mornings and the evenings and that's it. But you can take
3: that with a grain of salt in, in the hunting world in general, because I mean, I mean, My experience on this side of the state hunting, there's a lull, whether it's archery or rifle during the middle of the day. There really is. I mean, <clears throat> with gets- this
4: lineup, though, with the moon and everything, I agree. I don't think <laughs> daytime hunting is be- going to be worth a shit unless you are just the luckiest son of bitch. Well, we an- or or like hard- hard- a bitch. We saw
1: like hardcore hunting where you're like literally just glassing for hours on hours, yeah. and maybe find them in their bed. It happened this year. Or a
4: satellite archery. or something.
3: Yeah. It happened this this year for archery, too, because we had a shitty moon cycle in September.
1: Oh, garbage. Yeah. That's so crazy you bring that up. It seems like both, like, like the heart of hunting seasons for archery and um, rifle were ravaged by terrible moon cycles. Yeah.
3: And we, we saw that. We, we had firsthand experience of that this year. One morning, we didn't even have
0: to use our headlamps to walk in.
3: Yeah. And then, but like, with that when we took Warn out that first time this year, and I, right at Light In the area that we were hunting, we had deduced that the bulls were not bugling until like 7, 7.30. And so it had already been light for about 45 minutes. And so I bugled, I think, right around that time, like right when the sun crested the trees, the tree line. And th- this was after a full moon for like a week that we got the most lackadaisical response bugle from a bull that was like 150 yards away like he was laying down and the only thing he could do was to the <laughs> and then like just sit there and then he was gone and it like that it changes things so much in hunting season i mean having full moons it's just horrible
1: no yeah i i agree i i I would say i i have more problems with moon, bad moon cycles than weather all day long yeah so like to bring up this one is uh, this topic of this article um, by
3: FWP is hunting members and success well below average for second week of general hunting season. Because we talked about this on the, the first showing of the BMB buzz and three where the uh, game check in Lavina was like at 18% lower in the past years. So this one is bringing up uh, the game check in Augusta, which that is the area that I used to hunt mm-hmm. in Western Montana. And, that thing was always popping and now they're saying like this is the lowest count in nearly 30 years that they like the harvested and i mean the numbers of hunters i think have gone up in especially Levina and then Augusta. western montana and it, like the number of hunters that have actually checked through has gone up but the number of harvested is way way down
2: don't you think that might be the reason they are pushing them too hard they not, gotta push them somewhere.
3: I know, but the thing is, is not. True, in that but there's so area. much
2: private land these days.
3: I know, but not in that area. Okay. The area that I hunted, I mean, the Bob over there, you, there is hundreds of miles of public land hunting in that area. Okay. Now, Levine area, maybe. Maybe that could be a thing that there's too much pressure and they're pushing them everywhere because we heard stories of places that we would never have thought of somebody shooting a bull and they did. Mm-hmm. And that could be a factor, but I, maybe it's, it's, it's something to do with how terrible, terrible last
1: year was. Like a rebounding, like we're on a cycle of maybe the next three years we'll have good hunting. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't, this hasn't been like the worst hunting season I've seen. You know, like I we've been seeing more stuff than last year. But um, I don't know. I just, it, I, I I pulled this information up. I looked at it and I, you know, I had all this. I was really excited for you guys to be able to take your trip next week. I think it's going to oh, be yeah. anytime you can spend four or five days in the woods and hike all over the mountains, like big deal. It's good for the morale. A lot of opportunity could pre- present itself. But this makes me a little more like bummed down, especially as a guide standpoint too. Like I'm looking at like how my animals... I'm going to be able to find them, you know, and um, it's just crazy. It's just like, it seems like this year there was more animals, less drought, but there's some outside factor odds that are going into things that are making it harder, just like it was last year. I think so too. I so mean,
3: did you like the question I asked ask, not to interrupt you, but the question to ask you like, last not to year, interrupt you, but I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, you knew guys who hunted in Wyoming last year, right? You heard stories from people, I'm sure. Oh Yeah. Did, was it a, as terrible as a season as it was in Montana last year?
4: Um, at least out of my yeah, out of my dad and uncle's group was, which is probably a group of I don't know twenty to thirty guys. I don't I don't remember hearing about many clearing. And I was up there the year before, and I think my dad and I were the only ones that saw you know general rifle elk that the weekend we went at least. But um, I was just gonna contradict myself a little bit on what I said before, that if you're looking for ideal places to hunt in this, um, you know, with what we're looking at going forward, you could also do the opposite if you're wanting to hunt low ground. And that's, that's what you would want to do is, you know, early in the day, earliest in the day and latest in the day and right at the base of the mountain. But if you're hunting mountain, you can hunt. Probably all day up in the mountain. You could spook something any time up in the mountain.
2: So that was something I wanted to mention earlier. You talk about morning and evening. The place we used to hunt south of big timber, we'd go in the morning, try and find something. Nothing Not not saying we didn't catch something in the morning or evening. There are so many times we're sitting there, one o'clock in the afternoon. And I think the place we happened to be was in between two hay fields. And they might have been crossing during the day. When you're in the mountains... You have no idea what's going to happen. That's no, where we've probably. gotten most of our stuff, the middle of the day, because they're, they're well, moving. Other, other
4: people are going to be desperate too, right? So mm-hmm. so they're going to be probably taking shots that they're going to miss, or they may not miss, but it'll at least move stuff. So you mm-hmm. can always count on that with rifle, which I, I've always appreciated. Like, even if you're in a park where you're like, I've never seen elk here, you know, in the last five years, they could still get moved in oh, your direction sure. based on where other people are and if they're popping shots.
3: I feel well, like most hunters kind of underestimate the the hunting pressure on herds in in a public land aspect. Oh yeah,
2: you got to depend on the other yeah. guys too. I mean, re- making the realistically. Moves for
3: you. But like you're always you're always so optimistic though, like oh, you know, there's elk in this area, but I haven't seen them in a long time, but you know what, it's opening weekend. Maybe something gets pushed in from 5 miles away, you know, you never know.
4: Yeah, cuz I mean like growing up we had the same elk camp every year. And then when we didn't draw, you know, for the last 14 years, we've obviously lost those hunting camps. But I remember plenty of times where we were sitting in those camps and those parks up on the mountain that we weren't sure, you know, th- there was plenty of times when we were up there and we didn't see anything. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you'd hear some shots go off and there would be a bunch of game coming in out of nowhere and they're just, you know, spooked, but also horny and rotten. And so it didn't take much to stop them in their tracks. And that was in, you know, that neck of the woods. But it doesn't necessarily mean that over here where we've never hunted isn't going to work. Right. Because the same thing could happen anywhere on the mountain. I mean, they're just at that point chasing tail and
1: running from shots.
3: Trying to foreshadow a hunting trip. Is the
1: most impossible thing you could ever do. I know it's like part. It's like eighty percent of our gig. I feel like for the last four months is just like predicting what's gonna happen and like nothing. No. <laughs> like we as much as we think we know, we'll just never know about hunting. No, and like that that goes well, into like, like even our, like Ramsey. Really what keeps it you nice. shot your deer at two o'clock in the afternoon? That big one.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. I guess after daylight savings is,
1: which is this Sunday in a rut. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you believe though? Have you ever it like went, ran into um, a guy three thirty the
3: afternoon claims that he know like he's like I'm so it, good at elk hunting. Would you know? hunting I've be shot, shot one if it one was every year? Year, though? Oh
2: There's, yeah, that's that, no. I mean, it, you're proud that, of the deer you it'd shot. It'd be like going to get groceries from the
0: grocery it. store. You, you know, know the outcome. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're proud of what you shot, even if it's a doe. You're proud of it because you
0: put in the worked hard for that. know?
2: I just think that those guys that make those comments though are like. You, the Or they've hunted it long enough that they actually know. I mean, if you're 80 years old and it's your land that you've lived on your whole life, you might know a pattern.
4: Yeah.
0: If
2: they're Maybe. not here, they're definitely going to be over here or at least this other place.
0: Which is really disheartening when you talk to the landowner like we did this Sunday. He's like, yeah, there's no deer out here. I'm like, you know. Cool. You know. <laughs> he's only lived there for like 50 <laughs> or 60 years.
1: I don't know, man. Elk cutting will always be that thing where it's like.
0: I'm so excited to check those cameras. Yeah.
1: like it's just in my eyes it'll even if you if you shoot an elk like once every five years, like that's an accomplishment in my eyes. Oh, yeah. I've known dudes that
3: like they don't hunt anymore and they're in their mid 40s and 50s that where I used to go with them those guys shot bulls every year and it's like that I mean, yeah, you create a pattern, but eighty five percent of hunting is luck.
1: You know what I learned the most about this year? Because I think even for Ramsey and I, like as much as we've hunted our whole lives, this is the most days I've spent between scouting and hunting in a, in a season in my life. And I think that's what it takes to like be successful is to be able to have that time to go do it. And if you just don't have that time, like it makes it harder. I feel like a lot of these guys that get to go like shoot bulls every year, there's like one of three situations. Like one... They have private land that they hunt. It's like super good private land, and they just get to go out there, and they just walk by. Like, it's just easy, whatever, petting zoo. Two, you have guys that, like, don't work very much and get to hunt for, like, three weeks a season, like, total days out there. I don't have a third,
2: but...
0: I said, uh, <laughs>
2: well, you got retired guys, then you got the rich guys. Yeah, yeah but know. that was like
1: Bruce. Well, and
2: you There's got the guys that actually the guided hunts. Third so, guy's the lucky guy. How's that? I'd say those guided hunts. You know, no, okay. If, fourth no, fourth guy's
4: the lucky guy. There. I think you still got to give respect to the guys that are up there scouting. But he's not
2: doing that every year.
4: I I Getting know that guys, every year? I know I guys that are. go up every night after
1: work. That's what I'm saying, though. Like guys that are hunting. Like they're like we had. Like, for me to shoot my first bull with my bow this year, I had to put in so much fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. so much, like, just like Sean and Ramsey did, cameras, scouting, hiking, this and the missed shots, miss opportunities, this and that, just to get that one opportunity. Mm-hmm. And isn't I feel that, like...
3: Isn't it a great experience, though, when you go out scouting and you jump a massive bull and then you don't see another bull like that the rest of archery season?
0: Super cool! You know it's really fun? And now we can't even hunt that property. And
2: shoulder season. What's that? It's really fun when you see the best bull of your life in shoulder season, broadside. So in there, last last
0: year, me and Sean were out shoulder hunting, watched a herd of 25 bulls.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so common, though, because they herd it up. I 45 mean, minutes. And
2: they know. Hey, you can't shoot me now. <laughs> shoot my bitch wife. <laughs> <laughs> that fucker sat right in front of me for like 10 seconds. Just broadside. 100 oh, yeah. yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, fuck you.
1: If it's late enough in shoulder season, he just run over there and just try to like yank his horn off his head because it's about ready to fall off.
5: <laughs>
4: so to summarize for this question, I think, I think you got to be smart. I think you got to be smart about where and when you're hunting, and you you're gonna have to plan on whether you're doing mountain or or you know low altitude hunting, and what time of day you're gonna do it. But other than that, I mean, I think the You know the luck is always probably going to be with the lucky ones, and hopefully a little luck with the not so lucky ones. I think I'd like
1: to take a little bit of luck. Yeah, I I, take some of that. I never had it, but
0: if I didn't have good luck, I wouldn't have any. True.
1: So, are we going to put it? We'll put a cap on that conversation. I thought it was interesting. Oh, it was.
3: I got a really quick. This one's going to be quick, but it's crazy that you. This is I. I never heard this.
1: This is a localized article. Yeah,
3: this is a local article about Billings. Uh, apparently there's been an albino
2: dough. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the moose. No, that has been
3: here for, I mean, a lifespan basically of a, of a, of a meal deer doe. Um, oh,
0: it says right there, it's estimated to be over 10 years old.
3: Yeah. It, basically, what happened was
0: well, he can't read. I can't. I just that's at, even like zoomed in print too. I just look <laughs> at the, I was editing the
1: podcast last week and I like messed up a word. I was reading. It was the most embarrassing thing I've seen in my life. It so. was a, I can't give Sean
3: shit. It was a I like the pictures. Um. Anyway, <laughs> but they found it dead. Then apparently, it was like a neighborhood deer to some people, um, in Billings. They get poached. Yeah. They found it dead. Uh, and they. found the the carcass was found decapitated. Hmm. Is but did they dope? say
1: how it was killed?
3: No. It, they said it was die. The death was natural causes. But it was decapitated. So then they thought there was foul play involved, like poachers. But then it says, upon uh, game warden investigation, they found that there was no no signs of foul play or illegal activity.
1: So some guy just walked up and wanted. Is to what head. it
3: said. Now it says she said the doe likely died of natural causes in old age, a usual lifespan for deer is five to seven years. But by looking at the albino deer's teeth, which were found in, in the head about a hundred yards away. Oh, they did find the head. It appeared to have doubled the expected lifespan. Hmm. Is what they claim. It was estimated to be over ten years old. Said Webb, who was the warden that was investigating. Um, and then blah blah blah. But the thing was is why. Why'd the head get left behind? Coyotes, maybe.
0: I mean, so
2: was it was a like rip
3: a, a head cut? off. I, I, I will say, we've
0: have ran into this situation before. Yeah, yeah I have.
3: think that was a cat kill though. That was that severed the head that the coyote.
1: Hey, picked there's up. definitely cats. Is that over by the rims?
3: Oh, there so, was a cat on the rooms
1: this summer. I know that.
0: Urban center of Billings.
1: Oh, well, then. So that's my thing, though. It's
3: like. So it's warden. probably like
0: this area. Honestly. Or there's
1: a serial killer in Billings
0: that's just cutting off heads. So I'm going to be <laughs> well, honest, though. I'm going to be
3: honest. I will. It's put a derial fa- killer. <laughs> I will put faith into the warden that f- investigated it that if it looked like a knife sever, I'm sure he wouldn't have said it, it there. wasn't. F- there was no foul play involved. So it must have been some animal.
2: About middle of Billings, that are just died a dog, maybe, causes. maybe. Yeah. But well, okay. So you well, die in natural
3: causes, and then your head falls off. How do you? Off, well, after a hundred the, yards
1: away. How how rotten was it though? Like, was it like? It doesn't say.
4: I'm There's, just curious. Does does natural causes for wildlife? I mean, that could be any. Anything, yeah. Right? yeah heart no, attack,
0: stroke, dying from a coyote is a natural. No, that's yeah, like humans, like, like, predators, right? It could be like
4: syphilis. Like um, the, the, the the feeding TV. cycle should be considered natural causes, the right?
1: The what? Oh, I get what you're saying. Like
3: a wolf eating a, yeah. a moose should, should be yeah, considered natural, natural, natural cause. causes, yeah. right? But but we're talking middle of Billings. We're in the middle right? of Billings. Is it like a pack of feral huskies that some gal... You mean wolves? Yeah. No, but. I mean, realistically, wh- what domesticated animal do you know in Billings that would sever the head? I think I think you should I mean, bring if somebody finds Iranian, from uh,
4: the, the wildlife like services finds on the show and, and and ask yeah. what is and talk about it. it. It's interesting though, isn't it? Yeah, and ask what is what is natural causes for a deer to die.
1: Deer? Huh? I guess basically, it's where they just, would decapitate. in my mind, I, I feel Randall's like another
3: animal yeah.
4: eating another animal is is natural.
3: <laughs> well, it is, but I'm saying as far as the bot, like the bio, like the anatomy of a deer,
4: but the fact that its head just popped off, yeah, that's a little unnatural.
3: Maybe it's I'm going to guess <laughs> it had a, a heart disease. attack. <laughs> Maybe it's a disease with deer. I don't know. So here, this is what raccoons head Christian, you're a doctor. Tell me, is there not a disease that <laughs> makes a human it, it just spontaneously decapitate?
4: Uh. No, there hasn't been <laughs> discovered L- yet.
1: Laws <laughs> of head titus.
4: Usually unnatural causes.
1: <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Loss of head titus. Jeffrey
4: Dahmeritis. Jeffrey That's, a good, one. that's, a, good, that's so, a good one. So
1: let me give you just the Dahmer effect. Let's take <laughs> out the the facts out of play here. And let's say it was poached and the head was missing. A was doe, missing? an albino? Doe. No, I'm, I'm hypotheticals here. Okay. Okay. Because that's what everyone You're like being so literal. I'm sorry. I'm trying. Why are we taking the heads of does, even if they're albino? Wouldn't you rather skin it? Huh? Like, wouldn't wouldn't you rather want the, the cape? Wouldn't that be way cooler than the head? The head's weird. Like, a doe head is weird to me. I don't want to see that in my house, even if it's albino. Mm.
2: Maybe it was on a busy street. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it I think... Been, th- I mean, I think we're, like... You gotta look at, the, like, the facts. that it, Like, the teenagers are fucking weird. Yeah? They, it could have just been some weird teenager. Or, movie. again, like, serial killer.
1: Oh, Cut the head off. Probably deer lives real. on
4: a deer real killer.
1: I'll have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you really
2: got yourself on that.
1: <laughs> that was funny. Um, no, but what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm leading to I here. Know.
2: I've what, never heard of a pack of wolves that have...
1: You know, pie- piebald deer and plane. albino deer are a taboo thing to talk about. Because there's a lot of people that when they see it, especially like if you have a buck, like it's like a like a, uh, so let me, call, like, like a trophy. Great,
0: yeah. Let law. me pose this question: If you yeah. saw an albino word, deer, <laughs> a buck, would you shoot it?
1: Fuck yeah, I would shoot it.
0: I'm, I'm, ha- a, I'm on Sean's side.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of people get pissed. Well, they can do legitimately anyway. You shoot it.
0: Oh if, yeah. If I'm halfway through buck? the rut or after the rut, I would try yeah, to I'm to shooting make, it.
4: I would try to make friends with it and make it my own. Part of my family yeah. but if it refused then I would shoot it yes
1: um We're I sure pretty careful now because it could yeah, end, if, end up being if it was mature maybe yeah it
3: could maybe. end up being like a like a, like a, a spirit animal it, or what no great white buffalo. Great an white albino buffalo. deer to some people, hot tub be machine? like <laughs> somebody's husky
1: <laughs> Sean loves talking shit. about huskies apparently
3: no but I, just one in particular. I don't what know there what going on. Here? OK, let me I want you guys to get in the mindset of this albino deer. What causes you to lose your head?
1: Well, I think I'd be excited to live 10 years if I was a deer.
0: Um, I'm, I'm sure someone cut it off. Do you think so? Like, And then yeah, they got nervous go. and ditched it. Realistically.
4: What do you mean? It you, was 100 yards away
1: from the body. <laughs>
4: It had to have been moved and I removed.
1: Feel, here's an idea. What if it <laughs> dropped its head? It's in the middle of town. You've heard of chickens running with their heads cut off, right? It's, it's in the middle
2: <laughs> do you of town. think the deer dropped its head and took off running for a second. Did Did it run, they, sh- they shed, right?
4: Maybe <laughs> it ran through a clothes... It was like hauling ass. Yeah, and a clothesline? Something and got clothes
0: on. <laughs> like lined? movie theaters or Could a car hitting it do that? Final Destination style?
1: I don't think the body...
3: I think it was it in the middle ma- of
0: a
1: field, right? Sean, where was it found? 100 yards away from the the remaining body. No, 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 where's the body found? Doesn't say. But like here's a scenario. Someone <laughs> finds it. They are cutting the head off to keep. They get bumped by somebody, right? Someone That's like. a breach though, I feel like. I, I think it's super
2: realistic. I they, feel like the not in the middle of of the no while they're cutting had it. a heart attack and died because it's 10 years old and then there's a couple of dogs are like hey, fuck yeah, dinner. I that's guess. Super my thing yeah. is, is
3: he would have said it was foul play if it looked like it was a like a knife cut. If I don't. It was I don't like, think so. If it was like raw chewing, he would be like, oh, you know,
1: coyotes, a dog. Yeah, but, but does, you're it, thinking does, of it all wrong. either way, does it? You're thinking of it all wrong. Foul play would 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 be a person. W- foul play would be the killing of the animal with a bullet no. arrow, whatever. No, that is not true
3: because that's tampering. That would be complete, no, he would say it would be foul play. If he found that it was a clean cut of a knife, uh, the head was cut off, that would be noted before the autopsy of the deer. So that would be meaning that it would be a question of foul play because that deer could have been killed by being decapitated if it was trapped.
1: Deer get hit on the highway every day, and people take heads off of them. Like it's, I don't think it's unrealistic. Which, it's if that's the play.
3: case, they would claim it that's was, a, was foul play. That's, I thought that's foul a, play
1: that was a,
0: part of the death, right? Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. That's like, a, like a bullet, like an no, actual poaching no. case. I don't think say, I don't. I, think
0: I would say that if the deer was already dead and the head cut off, they could probably tell that. Exactly. That's what I'm and saying. And they wouldn't say it was foul play. They'd be like, oh, someone cut it off after. Yeah, it was already I have I think no, the deer died somehow, and then animals
2: dealt with it, right?
1: Yeah, which is super... I mean, like, Ramsey and I found it, like, literally a head. We've said this little story, like, 13 times. Where a head just appeared in the middle of the road after we went into somewhere, came back out. And
2: there was a deer, fresh deer head laying on the road. And, fuck, I don't know why animals... I was just telling Christian, my cat keeps bringing. A little organ from a mouse into my house.
5: They tear it up. Cats cats you know? do that.
2: Yeah, sure. So I don't know if that has something to do with the head and another animal. I think you know? what
1: we're missing information in this that would take all this speculation out is the what the head looks like. I think because if know, it's like it's, it, you it's know if it's like mutilated, you know if it's like mutilated, obviously yeah. an animal. You know, mm-hmm. but if it's like a straight, if it looks like that <laughs> on the wall there.
2: Someone did that. Yeah.
4: Okay. So this could also be taken in the context of just the person writing the article using wrong terms. That does happen all the time. Because if this is not actually written by somebody who works for the Game and Fish or the Wildlife Service or whatever, because the definition of foul play is unlawful or dishonest behavior, in particular, violent crime resulting in another's death. So this is either somebody saying... They know for sure that this was against the law, and that's how the deer lost its head. Or they are just
2: using the wrong term. You know, so there's no, there's nothing saying anything about teeth marks on the body or the head?
3: So you know what I think it was? Vampire. Truly, truly what I think it was? Skinwalker. I think it was Colonel Mustard with the candlestick.
0: In the billiard
1: room?
3: In the billiard room. Oh,
1: man. And with that, this conversation has commenced. <laughs> Next article. We will never know.
3: <laughs> I put some ones in there that I'm I I'm sorry Sean, I'm not the Sherlock fucking Holmes deer homicide. I'm okay? my no
1: deers. No, I, th- I think... We're going to launch the BMB homicide I really division? Think, I
4: think it would be cool to have somebody on from the wildlife service or or call them, like, I don't know, call them in the daytime and then include the phone call in the podcast about and ask them what does foul play mean in terms of a wildlife death
1: dude what if we could get someone on here like so you know how like uh sports podcasts and shows they have they can call like their injury guy like who's like a, a sports analyst yeah yeah like for 10 minutes we could just have like a wildlife guy that we come <laughs> friends with hey uh I've got this crazy question for you here's bnB again
2: yeah we found this head what do you think yeah
4: yeah i i, I think it'd be worth it referencing the article and saying hey did you see this? Was it somebody from the Game and Fish that wrote this? They said foul play. Was it really unlawful? It's interesting. Is, I, it, un, is it unlawful for a, a wolf to rip the head off of a caribou? I don't know. I don't think there's an actual law against it. I
1: wonder if they have laws against killing dogs. Sorry. We, we've not. killed that.
4: We've yeah, killed that husky it. died unlawfully for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it didn't. No, it was feral. It was a feral dog.
4: Hmm. Okay. Will it was Will Ferrell's dog?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I brought in some articles for Sean. I thought he this is kind of like up Sean's alley, I feel like. Some stuff that I think he finds interest in. And I have them sitting in front of him, and I want to know if any of them have piqued your interest. Oh, if I got if I, if I hit your if I hit strung your your This one has. Your D my your percent. D major string.
3: So this one is obviously it it piques my interest. Montana Land Board approves purchase of thousands of acres of prime deer and elk habitat
1: in Montana. No, I'm going to say up front, I did not read the article at all. I've already read this article before. Okay. So, essentially,
3: now, I don't know the exact um, group that does this Rocky Mountain elk foundation has done this a lot in the, in the previous years of buying private land and turning it public. They've done a lot of that, especially the area that I used to hunt in Western Montana. They did because there was no public access. Um, but essentially what this article is talking about is that uh, it, it's providing over a hundred thousand acres of um, private turned public land. Two Montanans for
1: Two, for this twenty twenty three season.
3: Um, it doesn't. I don't know if it actually got into that. Um, typically, I think, uh, depending on how fast Onyx can update, I think it's right there. So you know, if usable if that, currently, if that
1: makes sense. Um, now, do they mention on there what kind of tag statuses are like? So if you need, um, like let's say, is the elk draw or is the deer draw or something like that. Uh, I think
3: in this area that it's speaking of, it's general. Okay. So it's, um, so, so here it says the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation worked behind the scenes to facilitate the project. So the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation does a like, maj- I, I would say majority in Montana of, of this kind of work where they kind of go through and they, you know, see sales of land and, you know, turn it public, which is a, obviously it's an ongoing Fight in every state that needs to
1: happen. Um, they also outfit too. Don't know if you knew that they do.
3: Um. So essentially, what they do is like the the Bureau of Land Management and the United States Forest Service are like the big uh,
1: consultants. I would say. So what what does this mean for Montanans that we're looking at right now? Is this a win for Montana right here? Yes. Truly really is because. Your land is my land, in a sense. A hundred thousand acres is huge. That it is huge. a lot of people can harvest on. Um, no, I think it's cool. I thought you'd really enjoy that, as someone that you know we all like to do conservation and uh, whatnot. But I don't think I don't, I'm not going to go into detail on where it's at because I really don't. know probably see myself there. But for people in that area, that's really cool. And it's actually, like, I've read multiple articles
3: on Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation doing the similar things. And the hoops that they have to jump through, which we heard from Bruce when he talked about what DU does for, like, conservation. It's it's mind-blowing what they have to actually, like, do to make this happen for Montana. Well,
1: it's anything to do with political. Land is huge. I mean, it's one... Land and money are hand in hand on, like, the biggest drivers of, like, the good and evil that go on So in, uh, states.
3: One big question that I actually need to look up, but Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is based around hunting conservation, right? If they go and purchase land... Does that land is that land always for sale as huntable ground, which is more expensive? It's up there with like recreational ground versus like egg ground. I mean, do you think that they're just landowners? That's all they are. Do you think though that they 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 buy land at uh,
1: recreation and hunting prices versus egg? I think they buy it for whatever. I think if it lands a million dollars, they're paying a million dollars. And I think they just become landowners with the ability to either say, we're turning this property into a public spot, we're turning it into a, uh, we let 20 people out here, public spot. You know what I mean? Like here, um, where we turn it into, uh, we're charging 10 grand a hunter to come out here. Right. Is there, uh, do you, would you
3: say that there's a lot of areas in Wyoming that have, they're basically surrounded by private where it's like, nearly impossible to get permission to get to the national or public um
4: hard to say i i really can't speak on wyoming that much anymore because i haven't like officially lived there in 10 plus years but um I'd, i'd say it's pretty similar to other places where if they are private you know we now have these apps where you can go on there and try to book your time to go hunt it. And I guess that that would maybe give you access to the public side if it is kind of hidden within all these private areas. If that's what you're trying to do.
1: Well, Montana has a lot of landlocked is what you're talking about. And so, like, it's funny you say that because I literally saw a TikTok this morning of this guy ranting about hunting Wyoming. He's not from Wyoming. And he's got these big chunks of public land that are landlocked. I saw that same video. And he was ranting about it, which is crazy because Wyoming does have, like, most of, like, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like, a large percent of their land is public land in Wyoming compared to here where it's not the same.
3: Which have you, like, noticed, like, that uh, hunting pages on Facebook, you get those people that, like, they post, like, a paragraph asking, like, you know, I'm from this state or, you know, I never hunted in Montana, like... Have you ever noticed the comments and people like yeah, how... Mean. Yeah, just like they shit on these people. And they're like just smart-ass comments like that at the end of the day are like basically don't fucking hunt here.
1: You know what I mean? I I have a uh, opinion on that in a way. I think that if you're going to hunt the state and you're going to hunt... This, I, I don't The comments I don't like that I see on there are like I'm from stevensville and i don't want to leave 30 mile. i need to be able to hunt within 30 miles of where i'm at because i don't want to leave or whatever it's like dude like then don't hunt because it takes like i mean think how much we're traveling all year to go to all our different spots i mean we're we're traveling like a 200 mile radius to go hunt and we're putting in the work we're putting in the time to be successful why should someone get on a, a facebook feed and just be like hey take me hunting and me Tell day. me where all your spots are. Right, and that's like
3: that. Like I agree with those comments. Like I don't know if you you the same time, you that. should be little
0: a person. They're though. paying, yeah, eight hundred dollars for a tag that we're paying twenty dollars for. Like but we should encourage out of state hunters more than we do. Well,
3: I know, but like to the, a degree, the guys that's like that put on there, like, hey, you know, I'm going hunting in the like Missoula County area. Please give me, uh, you know, tips or places that I can go. And then the guys like. <laughs> The people that do that, it's like, I love the comments that are like, dude, I've hunted here my entire life and every single different place I've ever gone to, I've scouted months before season, whether it's archery or rifle. Those guys put in the time to learn those. Why do you think that you should be able to just put a post out on a hunting page in a, in Montana and have somebody be like, oh, you need to go up 21 mile creek and then, you know, take left and then go up. There's big metal there and they're going to be there every morning. And it's like who in their right mind would assume that that like somebody's going to indulge
1: that information to you? I think it's because they keep seeing hundreds of people else doing the same thing on, this, on the same page.
4: Yeah. I mean, I agree and I disagree at the same time. It's, uh, when I moved to Laramie from Sheridan to go to college, uh, that was when I really first started hunting on my own and I knew nothing about the snowies or, um, <laughs> you know, that area kind of on your way to Saratoga from Laramie. There's a lot of elk in there. There's a lot of deer. Um, There's a private elk refuge. There's like all these areas that you would never know about if you hadn't been there. And I was actually really thankful that people were willing to at least give me not a, not like a, this is my honey hole sort of thing, but it was like, oh, go up to, you know, Fox Park up and that, you know, that might be a, I don't know, like a 10 mile radius. Like it's, it's, they're not giving you really, and it's public. So that was helpful at least to like – they were giving me some tips. I think
3: that's a different scenario though for what you're doing because like these people are are like people that are like have never been to Montana and they're like coming here. And it's like – it's different in that scenario because you being from the same state, it makes it a little more comfortable for people to be like, yeah, you know, go check that area like you said. fair But the people that are coming from other states, I'm not saying that you can't – like if they go, I'm going to hunt in – the B- bull mountains and you give them a certain area and you kind of explain to them, Hey, if you go here, you can't shoot spikes. You can only shoot brow only. In that case, that's information that you need to indulge them because maybe they don't check that stuff.
1: Well, they should be. Yeah, they should be.
3: They should. But at, <laughs> at the same time though, it's like that information's okay. But the people that are just like so arrogant that are like, Hey, tell me where to go. And it's like, no, you I mean, know, I think it I have something specific
2: sorry. with Montana. In the last few years, we've had a lot of transplants, implants, whatever you want to call them. Implants. Silicone? Silicone yeah. transplants. <laughs> um, I I was just talking to a guy. He's a really nice guy. I'm not even dissing on him, but he came from the south and he did bring that comment up. He goes, if you're over there, they just like, yeah, come to hunting camp with us. And they they kind of just give him the whole the whole shooting match. Like, this is what we do. But then it comes up to Montana. He's like, everyone plays their cards so close to the chest. They don't want you to know anything about it. And I'm like, I mean, like I said, I like the guy. He's a nice dude. But at the same time, I'm, I'm only 26. And when I was 16, so only 10 years ago, property was open. It wasn't that hard to hunt. But now we're getting so protective because land is just getting eaten up oh, yeah. over and over and over again. So, you know, I think it's pretty specific to Montana because we're getting pretty popular. Yeah. Down south, it's still wide open. I'm not people saying. People aren't super against giving that information out. I get it up in Montana.
3: I'm not saying, you know? like, you shouldn't help somebody out, but I just think it's a, it's a little annoying. Oh, it's super annoying. For I somebody just but to I be can like, see where me where to go. About and, it. It.
2: and it's
0: like. You know? People looking for handouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know. Like Sean.
3: But, <laughs> it,
4: but it's also daunting to. Okay. So say. It was me moving from Wyoming to Montana. Get fucked. Like now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and I, you know, I still don't really know where to go or what to do, but so you make friends and, you know, you find people that you prove you're trustworthy and you're not really just here to take over their hunting spots. And if they only told me their favorite public areas to go, and that was the very only thing they told me, then that would be enough to start, you know? um and hopefully you get to go hunting with them a couple times and then eventually you get to know kind of some of their spots or you find your own lucky spots but
1: i think it's a great way to go about it if i was going over to idaho that's the same way I would, I would look at it too is just like first of all i'd look into like what are the public what are the forest services i can hunt in the state and then obviously i would use onyx to look at like all of the really juicy looking state land sections and stuff that's accessible and then get out my truck and drive. I mean, it's harder nowadays than it used to be too because, you know, especially you're driving a diesel pickup, $6 a gallon, it's hard to want to go, <laughs> you know what I mean, go do that kind of stuff. But if, if that's what your, your goal and intent is to do, um, that's a good way to go about it. And I get what you're saying. Like when you put all that work in, even though on a spot you've been hunting for 15 years, every year you're putting work into those animals could be on a different part of that property every year. Right. And for someone to be like, hey, I want to shoot a deer tomorrow. Can you take me out? And it's like, I mean.
3: <laughs> but the thing is, is, like, if I was somebody that was going to hunt in Idaho, Wyoming, or Washington, or somewhere else, I wouldn't expect somebody to tell me where to go. I would, like, I don't even know if I would ask somebody. You know what I mean? I would kind of just, like, look, like you said, like, on Onyx
2: and figure out public land areas. Well, that's the difference between do it you and, my, and the people that are asking these questions. Right. Well,
4: it's also the difference between today and, you know, 12, 13 years ago when I was doing that in college. Because we didn't have all those, you know, these fancy apps we have now. And yeah. it, it was all, it was word of mouth or you just went up and did oh, it for on your sure, own. But,
1: for sure. But think about this too. Like, God, I had something good to say. Uh, nah, nah, nah. Oh, you're going to point stroke, it out
4: stroke number one. No, um, I think it's personality based. Bottom line, you know, I think there's people that are going to be overly generous, I, and there's people that are going to get pissed off by it. And, and
3: I'm not like totally shitting on those people. I just think that I, I my opinion is, is a pers- as a hunter, I would never publicly voice a question like that to people. Right. I, I truly wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't post it. No. If I ran to some ran into somebody that I knew was a local when I was in, say I was in somewhere in Idaho and I'd never been there before, I had looked through, found public land and I was heading that direction and I saw somebody and we might've sparked a conversation about it. Sure. I would be like, hey, do you like, oh, you're from this area, you know, like I'm headed up this way. He's like, any tips? That might oh, be yeah. something I would ask. Yeah. But. I'm well, not going to be like, here, small talk, take me you know? to where you shot your last mule deer. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what I mean? That makes sense. And it's yes. kind of how they are.
1: I think yeah. I think I remember what I was going to say. No. No, I did. <laughs> so think about this. <laughs> like, I had a guy the other day ask me about, like, hey, I want to go pheasant hunting. Where's a good place to go? And it's like, I mean, like, I can give you some places that I used to go when I was in high school. Don't even know if they're around anymore. Look at this map here. If it's state land, it's still state land there might not even be any pheasants there anymore, but my best pheasant spots, I can't give you cause I don't have permission to give it out to other people. And I don't mm. want to talk like it's, it's not that I I'm trying to gatekeep my spots. It's like you're putting me in a weird position because I can only give you like these couple spots. And honestly, they probably suck now. I don't, you know what I mean? But like, like I have, like I, I can't tell you to go to where I outfit. Like that's, I mean, unless you're going to pay me money.
2: Well, whether you're legally obligated or not, I mean, like you said, it's the work that you put in. You don't want to give that to someone for free. I mean, you—that's what you worked for.
1: Yeah, and I have no problem. Like, um, like you said, like becoming friends with a group is a big deal. Like finding like-minded people that are doing the same thing you do. It's not like you're cashing in on their success or like trying to weasel your way into their group. It, hunting is a different—it's a different thing, man. It's like to be able to have the camaraderie with that group. I would do the same thing. I would go, if I was going to Wyoming or if I was going to South Dakota, I would try to meet up with people that are doing the same thing I want to do because memories are, you know, the biggest part of it.
4: Yeah. I mean, I'd never be, I would never be in line like at, you know, Shipton's getting my elk tag and turn to the guy behind me and go, where are you going this year? You know, like if I don't know him, you well, know, even as like,
1: you guys are fishermen too. Like it's the same thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, oh, where are you catching
1: walleye? Well, I mean,
4: oh man, I hate when I see somebody like upstream or downstream from me that starts walking my way as I'm fishing. I'm like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna go right up
1: above me, isn't he? This asshole.
3: I take fishing a little more seriously than I do hunting because I feel like I, I did that longer in my life than I did hunting.
1: Well, the, fishing's a hundred percent the work you put into it. More like hunting is there, but like there is some hunting scenarios where like you know you might just have a good spot.
3: I had a spot that was the world's best, in my opinion, cutthroat trout spot I've ever, ever been in in my life. And you no, know, I, I went up there for five years and I never saw another person. It's this tiny little lake in the middle of the mountains that the road sucks to even get close to hike to it and never saw anybody. And literally, I remember my buddy and I used to do it five years in a row, every single weekend in the summertime. And the first time I went up there, and there was another truck parked in the spot that my pickup had sat for the last five years. And Probably because they saw you. And I literally was like, it was earth shattering to me. Seriously, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I mean, it's a lake. I mean, it was a small lake, but at the end of the day, it's a lake. It's obviously two people can fish it. But I'm like, this motherfucker. You know, I'm like, how did you find this spot? Like, it there is... I've never met a person that's ever even spoke the name of this lake. And I I would go out to eat in the town that was 60 miles from it, which I'm like, people there, locals should know about it. Never heard it once brought up. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And now the last time I was there was probably four years ago. And it's, I mean, it's piss pounded.
1: Seriously. Well, that's yeah. what happens. And I think that to, to wrap this conversation up, the last factor that I would say that would be into like this talk about asking for hunting spots, bringing people in hunting spots is, you know, growing up, Ramsey and I have dealt a lot with um, like bringing a guy out one time and the next thing you know, they just show up at your spot or they bring people there or something like that. And I think a lot of people have lost trust in bringing like someone outside of their group into things. Because people, like, you just don't, people are wild cards, you know? And it's, like, not like you would own a spot, right? It's not my, I don't own it. But, like, there's so much respect that goes into, um, like, bringing someone to your spot. Um, and it doesn't even involve, like, the hunting aspect. Like, the landowner could kick me off for you coming on. Stuff like that. And I think a lot of people have gotten weary of bringing people on because that kind of stuff. And I, I hear it all the time, man. Guys like, uh, I wish I could bring this up because it involves uh, Matt, but I don't want to because it's way too personal. I'll tell you guys after the podcast. But just as close as him, having someone just like that um, makes him not want to bring anyone out. You know what I'm saying? Well, they that,
4: might be the type of person that cuts the hat off an albino dough. And carries it a hundred yards and leaves it there.
1: Yeah, very true. <laughs> Foul play. So yeah, I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. And I I I, I would be ninety two percent on the same page as Sean, I would guess. On I think it's kind of disrespectful to the the guy that's out every single weekend, you know, and then finding, you know, putting the effort into his spots. But I don't know. I think we have more articles that we thought were very interesting, but we're literally at the two-hour mark, and that's kind of our cap, I think, on what we think our audience can consume. So thanks, guys, for coming on. Yeah. It was a little short notice. Been a great time. But we I had like to get... you guys on here. It's fun to get these, like, group group talks hey, in. Hey, Ramsey
3: talked for the first time in the last half hour.
1: <laughs> it's fun to get these group talks in before we do, like, something big and we're, like, not as... You know, weekly invested. These
3: are like one of my favorite podcasts when we just get a bunch of dudes on. It's just bullshit.
1: I wish we could do it every week. People get tired of hearing just you and me and Ramsey talk. You and me talk.
2: I get tired of hearing talk all the time.
3: (laughs) It is is really nice because like when Riley called me this last, it was yesterday and he's like, what do you think about just doing a big lodge crew getting some of the boys on?
1: (laughs) You guys want to know something hilarious? What?
2: Is that for 2021?
1: Somehow I had looked up the lunar calendar for Colorado. Oh fuck! So after so are, we'll start. Are this you podcast kidding me? Over. Are you serious? So what we're gonna do, real quick, while you guys bullshit and end this conversation? I was like,
0: here. I was like looking at the map and I saw the little pin and I'm like, that's not Montana. <laughs> and then I looked at this is for uh, hunting ground in Colorado, USA. Oh no!
5: Wow.
2: <laughs> Well, well it should
0: be the same-ish.
2: Yeah, they're pretty close. It could be a start same to Same time to zone, podcast.
0: so I would assume maybe they run it like time zones, like our time zone runs off of I
3: am not a zoologist, so I don't know what the moon Shut up, is up, per time zone.
0: All so. right, guys.
1: Uh, we lucked out. It's exactly the same. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. okay, I, just... I thought so. <laughs> we can cut this part out. It's Even like the, dates, the dates for the
1: moon cycles are exactly the same. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, as always, uh, we hope to see you uh, Hope hopefully soon before the end of the year. Actually, I don't know. We're doing like a whole change up for next year. It's going to be way sicker in here. Uh, maybe we'll get you on for like the first part of next year. That'd be really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd love that. Sounds good. Thanks for having well, us. Depending on right. how our next weekend trip goes on, we may be on a little sooner. Yeah, if might Chad comes, if stories. Chad makes it back from the mountains. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: we might leave
2: him. Love you, T. Sean.
3: There's a, lot there, of, uh, there's a lot of grass there out there. Something
0: you could plug <laughs> real A lot quick. of grass. I got <laughs> no?
2: some cutting to do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
1: don't we own a, a retail store that you might want to plug real quick?
0: Do we? At bullmountainbrothers.com The B&B store. Are you B&B far, B&B are you store? aware of that? Yeah. We we own a we own a new B- hats
1: uh, new th- online retail. Yes, we do. New yes. new, new hats. Are they on there yet? Uh no. Oh. Because I didn't go hunting with you guys last weekend. Ah
0: right. You were supposed to. Uh, yes, I, oh, slept okay. in.
1: I slept. I slept. Just, I just—I don't know. It's—it's it's weird for me to want to go hunting with you guys when I don't have a tag to use. So you do have a your tag. A tag to use it's false information. Uh, that's probably not going to get filled this year. So just mm-hmm. not interested at all. Okay. So yes, the BNB store at com. We have long sleeve camo point
0: shirts. We will have new
1: hats. Yeah, the new hats are sick. I'm
0: wearing one right now. They're kind of just. Sean is also wearing one right now. They're flying off the shelves. So.
2: I'm gonna need one of those hats before we leave.
0: Yeah. Next
2: week, by
0: the way.
2: $106. $35. <laughs> Whoa. I
3: I have I split the difference. That was a 70% difference. So we
1: have these Blaze Orange hats, and I have this like I just want to do a pheasant hunt with all four of us wearing our orange hats and just take pictures. I don't know. Weird thing I want to do.
0: Yeah, that is weird. That's so weird. we really jugged in. You wanna end this, you wanna want
1: end the podcast, Rams? No. Goodbye. That's like cutting a head <laughs> off a of
4: dough, weird. <laughs>
1: thanks for joining us for another episode of the bull mountain brothers
0: podcast as always catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of bull mountain brothers. Hey,
3: if you're looking for more bull mountain brothers, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at bull underscore mountain underscore brothers and Facebook and YouTube at bull mountain brothers.
2: Also don't forget to check out our BNB store at bull where you can find some super sweet deals on
0: some seasonal merchandise and outdoor gear.